Maverick News, the antivirus program for your mind. And now, the Freedom Reporters. Hello, Maverick family and new viewers from all over the world. Welcome back. I'm here. Had a day off yesterday, and thank goodness I did. I needed to sleep. I was not well yesterday, but I'm recharged and ready to go. And we have a big program lined up for you tonight. All kinds of stuff going on. The, the biggest story out there right now, Tucker Carlson going to Moscow to interview Vladimir Putin. We'll be bringing in some reinforcements here to weigh in on this conversation. We're going to have Ian Nunn, Gail Robertson. I think uh, Leo is going to join us, and we may have some time to go to the phones tonight as well so that you can join the conversation a little later on. Also, what else is going on? The Coots 4, two of the Coots 4 have now been released after taking a plea deal. We'll talk a bit about that tonight. And at some point, maybe we can try to update you a little bit on the situation with uh, King Charles and his cancer diagnosis. I don't know how much more I can add to that tonight, but we'll see if there's anything new on that front. I uh, didn't get to comment much on it. And also a major story, I think. We now know that it was the Prime Minister's office specifically that invited Yaroslav Hunka, the Nazi, to a reception associated with that appearance in Parliament. And I said from the very beginning that the Prime Minister himself should have accepted responsibility for Yaroslav's, Yaroslav Hunka's appearance in Canadian Parliament. And today... There were new calls for Justin Trudeau's resignation as a result of these revelations. Don't go away. We have all that and more straight ahead right here on the Maverick News Channel. Greetings, brave Mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals, individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms, credible, trusted, grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick, maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow. Maybe too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. Okay, let's uh, get right to it with the help of my good friend, Ian Nunn. Hello, Ian. How are you tonight? I'm fine, Rick. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for, for coming on tonight and joining us. Oh, you're welcome. 
I really uh, appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, we, we, we have a cleaning lady who came, came by and as I was signing on, I looked up and my video camera was gone and, and oh. it's a little clip on on top of the screen. And it's, uh, I got it back and I think it's uh, adjusted pretty well now. So, okay. Yeah. You look, you look beautiful. Oh, you must have your supermodel lens on. <laughs> well, we have a, a lot to talk about tonight. Um, before we get into the Tucker Carlson story, which I know everyone is very interested in, let me just uh, start bec because that's going to take a while. So let me just tee up this story about the Coots Four. Two out of the four individuals charged in connection with the February 2022 Coots border blockade have pleaded guilty now to lesser charges. According to their legal representatives and the Crown, Chris Lysak and Jerry Morin have entered guilty pleas in a Lethbridge court on firearms-related charges. In a statement provided uh, to the media, uh, the Alberta Crown Prosecution Service disclosed that Lysak and Morin, along with Chris Carbert and Anthony Olenek, were initially charged with conspiracy to commit murder, possession of a weapon for a dangerous purpose, and mischief in connection with the blockade near Coots, Alberta, earlier that year. However, Lysak's counsel um, has clarified that Lysak continues to maintain his, in his innocence regarding all charges. Song stated that um, Lysak pleaded guilty solely to possessing a licensed and registered handgun in an unauthorized location. The lawyer also emphasized that Lysak did not attend the protests with any intent to harm anyone. On the other hand, Jerry Morin's representative, Greg Dunn, has affirmed that Morin had consistently denied involvement in any conspiracy to murder RCMP officers. Dunn has expressed that Morin's relief and gratitude upon the withdrawal of the more serious charges. Morin um, pleaded guilty to conspiracy to traffic firearms according to ACPS. Um, Lysak and Morin both received sentences with uh, Lysak serving three years in prison and Morin three and, a, three and a quarter years, both of which were satisfied by time already spent in custody. Additionally, they were both handed a 10-year weapons pro prohibition mandated to provide DNA samples, and they've been instructed to transfer their firearms to valid license holders. So as of now, the cases against the remaining two accused, Chris Carbert and Anthony Olenek, continue um, in that Lethbridge court with Justice Vaughn Hardigan presiding over a jury trial. And uh, I'll get a reaction from you, Ian. Any any thoughts on that? Um, hmm. It, it's a case that I'm aware of, but I've never followed and I've never mm -hmm. <clears throat> chosen never to go into the details in it. Yeah. Um, it, it, for, for myself, I, I've got lots on my plate that uh, <laughs> yeah. we're facing. So I, I left that one. And particularly, it, it was a high profile. And the alternate media, like yourself and a lot of the print media, uh, well, I won't say print media. It's not. I guess I think in True North, Rebel, mm -hmm. um, Clyde, do something. There's a whole raft of, of really good people out there, sp spanning a range of, of coverage. 
and uh, I, I trust them to cover just about everything Canadian now, and they do a good job of it. So I, I don't, uh, as I said, have followed it. On the other hand, having heard what I, I've heard, um, I do know from the past um, when uh, I, I took a, um, a handgun course, this is going back probably 25 years or more, um, that at, even at that time, um, if you if you wanted to transport a handgun out of your house, it had to be in a case and locked in your trunk. And you also had to inform the authorities that you were actually taking it out of your house. If you're going to arrange to practice um, shooting, you had to actually tell the authorities, I'm taking my handgun, it's locked up in a case in my trunk, and I'm going to go to this range to practice shooting it. <laughs> and that was mm -hmm. that was long ago, so yeah. I can imagine the restrictions now on on. Well, I think hand you can you, you almost cannot own a handgun nowadays. I understand. So the fact that he had was caught with a handgun, okay, yeah, that's a valid charge, um, and the, the guilty plea is is a reasonable plea to it. Um, mm -hmm. Beyond. All the stuff about threatening and, and stuff like that, uh, to me, that that's a very dubious charge, and uh, I never believed that it, it had significant intent behind it. But again, that's speaking from just um, a flash opinion on my my own, uh, going right back to the time of Coots knowing what the police at that time were doing, such as vandalizing earth moving equipment. Um, and I don't know if that case is a, still means still be fourth court or not. So, yeah, but, they, you know, the, the one of the big issues here was, uh, you know, the amount of time they were in jail with no no bail, very oh, serious yeah. charges leveled against them. And this this is a guilty plea. So essentially yeah. they got time served and now they're out. So. Yeah. And norm, normally, you, you, I thought there was a provision that if you were charged and held and you weren't heard within a reasonable length of time, charges were dropped or dismissed. So I, I, I've always viewed this as a case of uh, Canada having political prisoners, along with Marlick um, and, and Goose Four. I think they're all political prisoners. Hello, Leo. Mouth of the South joins us. How are you, sir? I'm all right, Rick. How are you guys? Uh, well, I'm okay. Uh, what's your reaction to the release of two of the Coots for? Well, once you sign a waiver, okay, and you plead guilty, there's no coming back from it. So by them pleading guilty that uh, they were in possession of the weapons, that put the bed, uh, the planting of the weapons by the RCMP. Okay, so this is not going to help the other two that are sitting in, uh, in in cells right now. So I expect them to uh, cop a plea pretty soon also, right? Uh, it's non-winnable now. <laughs> okay. Uh, right, right. The RCMP, a lot of people made us believe that uh, that the, the, the weapons were planted by the RCMP because this and that, right? Uh, and by him pleading guilty, I don't know what to make of that, but it's not true, yeah. right? 
Right. So what you're saying is they pled guilty, which means they've admitted that they had the weapons, that the RCMP did not plant them. And if they have that, then that's going to make it very difficult for the, the guys who are still in jail to defend themselves against these charges, suggesting that, you know, it was all a setup right. in that way. Yeah. 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 You remember how it was all a setup in the beginning? Uh, well, right up until yesterday, I thought it was a setup. Mm -hmm. Okay. By them pleading guilty, uh, just wavered anything that they want to do against the government uh, legally. They've lost all rights. Okay. Now, maybe they, they pled guilty just to get out. You know, who knows? Right. I want to hear their story. Right. Uh, but by pleading guilty to possession of a firearm, okay, puts the bed the uh, that the RCMP planted it, right? So who knows? All I know, the other two co-accused don't have a legal leg to stand on. They'll be pleading out soon. Well, you, you've had some experience with the courts and you know your way around there. So I certainly respect that perspective. I've been sitting back waiting to see what the actual evidence is because with the publication bans and um, and so on, I've, I've not had enough access to information to form a real solid opinion. And even now I'm kind of sitting back waiting to, to digest whatever comes out of this. We still don't have here anyway. I don't have all the information on the evidence, nor will we have it until the other two go through their trials or plead deals or whatever it is. So I'm, I'm trying to just be object, you know, objective and take the information as it comes out um, to be thorough, honest, and, and unbiased with this. Yeah, me too. Uh, when they have to submit DNA, okay, uh, and give up their, uh, their, their weapons, uh, for 10 years. Okay. There's a ban on them for that. Yeah. Uh, it makes you want to think, was there a plot? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, let me ask you guys this. They, they, we, we now know that they've admitted to having the weapons and included in that confiscation that we're told they had 30,000 rounds of ammunition. Now, I don't know about you, uh, but, and I'm just trying to be, I'm just asking a question. What do you, do you go deer hunting? Like how many deer are you going to shoot with 30,000 rounds of, of ammunition? If that's true, that, that, that kind of, put up a red flag for me but i don't know like i'm still waiting for the information what what do you make of that well i, I used to be a reservist once upon a time uh, uh with the essex against scottish okay and uh, we used to fire a lot of 7.62 millimeter rounds okay uh 30, rounds of ammo do you know how much that weighs I, I, i'm gonna guess i'm gonna guess one. about 800 pounds yeah. That's a lot of ammo, but oh yeah. Right. So yeah, <laughs> you, you you're not you're not going uh and that's the average uh, shell casing that you would have would be that in the five point six two millimeter. They're the uh the go to's, right? Uh, uh -huh. man, oh man, I, that's a lot of ammo. You're not deer hunting. Yeah. See, I know that when that those arrests were made, that's when the when the whole protest fell apart because the people there didn't want anything to do with anything violent. 
They didn't want to be associated with anything violent. I remember when it happened. Right. And you, you remember they were all hugging the RCMP officers at the border and everything. And they all decided, no, it's, this is it. It's time to go home. That was when it all fell apart uh, there at the border. The protests, they just called it off at that point because the people who showed up, they wanted nothing to do with any, even anything that looked like it might be violent in that way, right? Um, so this was, you know, a very difficult moment to deal with. And I know that these guys have been propped up as um, martyrs or even heroes of the freedom movement. And, you know, maybe, you know, you, you view it that way. I, I'm i still waiting for all the information to come out before, for, you know, forming a full opinion on this. And I'm if you want me to just sit here and cheerlead for one side or the other, I'm not going to do that. I'm just waiting for facts and asking questions. So, and I think well, that's, you know. Here's a personal uh, uh, endeavor that I had uh, going through. They call it the hub, Thunder Bay. Now, there's mm -hmm. only one one way to east and west Canada, and that's going through the hub. There's no other way around it. you got to cross through Thunder Bay. Well, in uh, my, my pot running days, uh, I was coming through, and I got to Thunder Bay, and I got off the bus. Okay, I was on a Greyhound bus, and I got off the bus with my suitcase. I went, Destination was not Thunder Bay. It was Toronto. Okay. I got off the bus. I went to get something to eat. And when I looked down, I seen two pairs of shoes that were the same right away. Institutionally, that's somebody. Okay. <laughs> it happened to be the RCMP. Well, they violated my charter by forcing me to open up my bag right there. Okay. And you're, you're not allowed to do that. But I didn't know at the time. So whatever. Right. So I ended up going to the Thunder Bay bucket for three weeks. They wouldn't give me bail. I had a union job, house, kids, kids at home. This is for pot, okay? In 2005, they wouldn't give me bail. So for three and a half weeks, I fought for bail. The only way that I could get bail was to sign a waiver. Now, a waiver means you plead guilty. Now, they were hanging over my head that where I was in the hub, if I was convicted of the pot, I could go to Stony Mountain, Manitoba, which is the, uh, the federal penitentiary there, where... It's so violent there, Rick, that they make you pay for a body bag, $50 up front out of your own money, okay? And that's no word of a lie. Well, I don't know anybody in Manitoba, so I just signed the waiver. I said, if I'm going to the going to the clinic, it's going to be back east where at least I know somebody, right? Uh, I don't have to worry about buying a body bag, right? So when I got to Windsor, I couldn't have a constitutional challenge, none of that, because I signed that waiver, right? So... Right. So who knows? Maybe the police broke some laws, but uh, I wouldn't have pled guilty if I was those guys. You already have two years invested over, uh, two years invested inside. You know, if they're going to plead yeah. guilty, I'm sure there was a plea on the table a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I wonder what changed. That's the big question for me tonight: is why at this late stage did we get this now? Who who buckled? Who who caved in? Was it the crown or was it these guys finally accepting something that had been on the table for a long time? And why? Why now? That's the weird thing. Who knows? You know, they could also, uh, you know, offer money on the table to uh, testify against the other two. I've seen all kinds of slimy shit go on with the police uh, where uh, known gangsters, murdering gangsters, testify against other murdering gangsters. And they pay out millions of dollars of taxpayers' money to get the testimony. And they get witness protection and the whole nine yards. You see that go on a lot in Canada. Okay, so who knows, right? They might have offered them a sweet deal uh, uh, with a lot of money at the end of the rainbow, right? 
All speculation. All Who speculation, knows? I guess. At, at, this, at this point, I guess, by them pleading guilty, it really makes my mind want, uh, like I said, want, wonder about uh, the uh, the terrorist links that the, the, the police and the federal government made us believe in the beginning. Were they right or were they wrong? Well, you know, Justice Rouleau said that, you know, he, he ruled that the Emergencies Act, that it was justified, the use of it. I use the word ruled. A lot of people use the word ruled. There was some criticism of the use of that word within the last week. But his assessment at the inquiry was that it was justified. But he said another person could have seen it a different way. And there was a lot of evidence that is, I think, still available online. And I've read a lot of it um, that was not presented during the Emergencies Act inquiry. Criminal records of people, um, you know, people that really we didn't hear about or from that had, you know, some unusual backgrounds, let's say. So there's a lot of information out there that really wasn't presented to the public. So I get what he was saying. It could you could assess it either way. And that is that is the government's reaction to a perceived threat, an existential threat to the government and the and the country. So I get it. I I I think this court ruling we got honestly was spot on when the court ruling we got about a week ago said that the government was not justified in using it because while there was a problem for the government in Ottawa and at certain points in the country, it wasn't national in scope. I don't think it was an existential threat to the government as a whole. It was being dealt with by law enforcement and so on. It, it wasn't out of hand to the point where you know, the government was, the country was going to fall or anything like that. It wasn't like we were at war. That's the problem. It was extreme government overreach in that regard to deal with localized um, protests. It was not, but anyway, that's a, I guess a bit of a sidebar, but related to what we were saying. Now that I think the big thing's going to happen here is the, uh, the appeal process by the uh, Canadian government. Yeah. Okay, this just hurt the appeal process. Well, it helped the government. It that's, really helped. It's true. It does it really help the government because now they could come back in the appeal process and say, "See, we told you so." They pled guilty to it, so there was a plot to overthrow the government uh, and kill police and everything else, right? So, who knows? Well, yeah, and I mean, yeah, well, no, that's not quite the case. From what Rick had said, mm -hmm. they didn't plead guilty to anything to do with. Uh, or to overthrow the government, they were just standard weapons charges. Yeah, they dropped those those other charges, but they pled guilty to the weapons charges. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. people. Which, which people, brings up the question, though: What were they doing with weapons at a protest? And thirty thousand rounds of ammo. Well, that yeah, that, that, that's a lot of deer. I, I well, <laughs> I'd like to to know a bit more about that thirty thousand rounds. What, so would I. What, yeah, was it in their vehicle? Did they go to the houses? I mean, where did, what's the source of it? Because it's kind of like Leo said, if you, if you start to think about 30,000 rounds. So here's a question for you, Leo. If I gave you 30,000 rounds in a handgun, how long would it take you to shoot them all off? Depends what you're using. If you're using a, uh, you, you say a handgun? Handgun, yeah. A very yes, long, okay. very long time. If you're using a 50 caliber machine gun, anti-aircraft uh, gun, not long. 
Well, okay, but right, but a handgun you'd have to reload. If it's a nine shooter, you'd have to reload a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it thirty thousand rounds to me is is stupid. <laughs> it's kind of stupid. Yeah. Rick would have to put up the picture, and he'd find it on Google right now or whatever. The picture of the arsenal that the police sees, and it'll show you the type of weapons they were using. Because yeah. if, if if you got into, I haven't seen it, but it, if it's right I still have it on file right here. Oh wow, that's all their stuff. Well, that's what they showed at the 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 news conference after the arrests. Okay. Yeah, that's that's kind of a little overboard, isn't it? It is. Well, I don't think they were. I don't think that's for hunting deer. No, no, I don't see any three hundred threes or anything like that. Uh, Winchesters, shotguns, none of that for uh, for hunting. But, right? but, but if you're traveling with that that kind of armament, <laughs> you know, it looks like you're going to war and. Then thirty thousand rounds makes sense, but uh, other than that, the I, bulletproof I vest, the bulletproof vest, the yeah. Kevlar. Okay, and then yeah. you know, like I, I, at the time, I have to admit that the emotion of the lockdowns and everything going on at the time, I think that that absolutely affected my my objectivity. And then we got the, you know, the the the. The online influencers also, like myself, who I think a lot of people just didn't want to believe that anything bad might be happening. So I, I did lean toward this must not be true. This must be these guys must be this can't be happening. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I've tried to maintain objectivity, still trying to maintain objectivity. The evidence is the evidence. Um, I want to see more. I don't know how much we're going to get um, if, if we get it with now that we have a plea deal. I don't know how much of that evidence will make its way to the public. But I think we need that level of transparency to really understand what was going on at the time. Yeah. So hopefully we find out more. Yeah, um, I'd like to throw in one more comment with, sure. with that recent uh, uh, federal court decision against the government on the emergency use of the Emergency Act. Yeah, and that's an important distinction. It was not in the Emergency Act itself, but right. not every speaker's is that clear. Um, the the government may be wanting to close this thing off. Mm, you know, yeah, to make maybe they're feeling it's just time to tie up the loose ends, make it all go away. We don't want this hanging around if we're going into an election because yeah. It, against this or whatever so yes clean it up before we get to the polls yeah hope that the public's memory kind of fades away but um yeah. th this is anyway you slice it this is a this is a um a guilty plea yeah it's and, a problem they got a prosecution yeah a successful prosecution it could have been uh for having toenails that are too long but still you know you you've got a successful prosecution and nobody ever inquires well what was it for and, and how significant is that it's like oh the guys yeah the guys were guilty clearly government was yeah. right but i mean yeah. even if it does rise to that level where they were you know armed and ready to 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 try to mount some sort of a 
an insurrection yeah. or whatever. It's yeah. um, I still don't think it rose to the level of uh, justifying the use of the Emergencies Act because that was in one location. The cops oh. already had it under under control. They affected arrests. All that came to a conclusion before the EA Act was even enacted. So right. that's, you know, for me, a non-starter anyway. No national threat, nothing on a countrywide scale. But this, it is an individual case and the evidence is the evidence is the evidence. And... And I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for people either. Further, the police handled the situation within the existing law. Right. That's and that, exactly. that was the case with all of the, the border incidents. Local, uh, local or provincial police forces handled all of the border issues with blockades and stuff like that mm -hmm. within the means of the existing law. They did it without having to uh, appeal to the feds for help. So, yeah, that takes away the, um, the relationship to the Emergency Act usage. Yeah. So final thoughts, Leo, before we move on to the Tucker Carlson story? Yeah, I don't know what to make of it. I'm just going to sit back like everybody else and, uh, and get the facts. He's not pleading. Uh, he's still saying he's innocent. I want to hear his statement. Is he? Is there a gag order? Can he speak or can he not speak? Uh, you know, like the other two are still hanging, right? So, yeah. You know, who knows? I would never have pled guilty to it if you were not guilty. Period. Yeah. Yeah. You know, can I just throw in a quickie? Total, totally in a different direction. Mm. Two or three sources, different sources, video sources, and stuff like that, um, have appeared in the last two days, if not just the last day, showing guys all, and my wife noted that, hey, do you know they're all guys doing this, wearing these visors? Um, what driving Teslas? Pardon? Driving autonomous street, like virtual no, reality no. goggles or something while they're driving? Yeah. Is that, yeah. 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 Real, virtual reality goggles. Um, yeah. And to have two or three different sources showing different incidents come up at the same time, um, it's, it's kind of like, oh, that, that, there, if you, if you drew, I don't know, the time, timeline of events, you'll get flips every now and then where, where things coalesce and overlap. And this yeah. to me is just one of them. So I'm just throwing it out there, um, just an observation. Was this related in some way to what we were talking about? Pardon? Uh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm not quite following. Was is this related yeah. to what we're talking about? The not at VR all. goggles and driving. Oh, okay. It's just oh, no. <laughs> as I said, this is totally off base. Oh, okay. <laughs> but my mind yeah. goes that way. So yeah, I did. I did see stories about this today as well. So okay. So that, yeah. that's so the yeah. This guy got arrested essentially because he's driving a Tesla, which is an you know a self-driving car, and he has virtual reality goggles on, um, which mm -hmm. impairs his ability to operate the motor vehicle, which is illegal, even though it's a self-driving car. And I haven't read the entire article, but the bottom line is, don't do that because you're going to get pulled over. Yeah, I didn't even see that one, so there's another one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. He's playing video games while driving down the road. No, he wasn't. He was watching 3D porn. Well, yeah, there you go. Even <laughs> even worse. Yeah. 
or something. Um, okay, let's go to let's go to the Tucker thing here, shall we? And hang on a second here. Let me get this queued. So it's like Twitter is on fire tonight because Tucker has posted a video from Moscow saying that he's there to interview President Vladimir Putin. So let's uh, let's run the video of what Tucker had to say, and then we will have our discussion. And here we go. Here's Tucker Carlson in Moscow. Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. There are risks to conducting an interview like this, obviously. So we thought about it carefully over many months. Here's why we're doing it. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Our duty is to inform people. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, most Americans are not informed. They have no real idea what's happening in this region here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. But they should know. They're paying for much of it in ways they might not fully yet perceive. War in Ukraine is a human disaster. It's left hundreds of thousands of people dead, an entire generation of young Ukrainians, and has depopulated the largest country in Europe. But the long-term effects are even more profound. This war has utterly reshaped the global military and trade alliances and the sanctions that followed have as well. And in total, they have upended the world economy. The post-World War II economic order, the system that guaranteed prosperity in the West for more than 80 years, is coming apart very fast, and along with it, the dominance of the US dollar. These are not small changes. They are history-altering developments. They will define the lives of our grandchildren. Most of the world understands this perfectly well. They can see it. Ask anyone in Asia or the Middle East, what the future looks like. And yet the population of the English-speaking countries seem mostly unaware. They think that nothing has really changed. And they think that because no one has told them the truth. Their media outlets are corrupt. They lie to their readers and viewers. And they do that mostly by omission. For example, since the day the war in Ukraine began, American media outlets have spoken to scores of people from Ukraine, and they've done scores of interviews with Ukrainian President Zelensky. We ourselves have put in a request for an interview with Zelensky, and we hope he accepts. But the interviews he's already done in the United States are not traditional interviews. They are fawning pep sessions, specifically designed to amplify Zelensky's demand that the U.S. enter more deeply into a war in Eastern Europe and pay for it. That is not journalism. It is government propaganda propaganda of the ugliest kind, the kind that kills people. At the same time, our politicians and media outlets have been doing this, promoting a foreign leader like these new consumer brands. Not a single Western journalist has bothered to interview the president of the other country involved in Vladimir Putin. Most Americans have no idea why Putin invaded Ukraine, or what his goals are now. We've never heard his voice. That's wrong. Americans have a right to know all they can about a war they're implicated in. And we have the right to tell them about it because we are Americans too. Freedom of speech is our birthright. We were born with the right to say what we believe. That right cannot be taken away no matter who is in the White House. But they're trying anyway. Almost three years ago, the Biden administration illegally spied on our text messages and then leaked the contents to their servants in the news media. They did this in order to stop a Putin interview that we were planning. 
last month, we're pretty certain they did exactly the same thing once again. But this time, we came to Moscow anyway. We are not here because we love Vladimir Putin. We are here because we love the United States. We want it to remain prosperous and free. We can't do this ourselves. We get no money from any government or group. Nor are we charging people to the interview that's not behind the paywall. Anyone can watch the entire thing, shot live, escape, and unedited, on our website, TuckerCarlson.com. Elon Musk, his great credit, has promised not to suppress or block this interview once it's posted on his platform, X, and we're grateful for that. Western governments, by contrast, will certainly do their best to censor this video on other less principled platforms because that's what they do. They are afraid of information they can't control. You have no reason to be afraid of it. We are not encouraging you to agree with what Putin may say in this interview, but we are urging you to watch it. You should know as much as you can. And then, as a free citizen and not a slave, you can decide for yourself. Thanks. Wow. Wow. Everybody remembers Everybody remembers a guy named uh, Gary Webb who used to work for the uh, LA Times who exposed the CIA running cocaine. Okay, uh, Blondon and uh, Colonel Oliver North and all that crap, okay? They found yeah. him uh, with... Uh, he committed suicide by shooting himself two or three times in the back of the head. Yeah. It's a trick. Arkansas. What do you think, Ian? Um, well, I mean, it's straightforward. Every, everything he said, from my perspective, is true. Just uh, backed up by all my research for the last two, three years. So here's my question. How did the United States try to stop him from interviewing Putin? Um, there, there was something I saw today. <clears throat> I, I, after, after you asked me to come on and I hadn't seen it, I, I went, to, I found his website and went to it. And yeah. it might've been something I read there that, uh, he, he okay, I know that he's saying that they, there was an interview about a year ago and he said that Tucker Carlson said that he believes his cell phone is his internet had been hacked so they were looking at his messages and that's how they knew apparently that he was going and now he's making this allegation again which i think is what's you know, the it, allegation it's it yeah the allegation is that the united states government has tried to stop him from interviewing vladimir putin okay but i don't i don't see how they've tried to stop him at any point. He could have gone before, even if they, even if it's true that they did hack in and had access Ill, even illegally to his, um, his messages or his correspondence, emails, whatever. I didn't, I, I'm not aware. And I, I'm just asking, does any, and I don't know, do mean to put you guys on the spot or to well, answer for him, but I, I haven't seen anything that says, oh, here's how they stopped him. You know, they, they apprehended him or they tried to put him in jail or they threatened him with a lawsuit or threatened to arrest him. At any point, he could have gone. And now he's going. I just, I don't see how anybody has tried to stop this. It sounds, you know, pretty dramatic. And I think it helps generate drama and in clicks and ratings and it makes it sound you know very dark and 
you know, conspiratorial and ooh, they tried to stop me, but I haven't seen any any evidence of any him. attempt to actually stop him. You need to ask him, Rick. You, you, you. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know I, maybe they're trying I, to get am dirt. Am I missing something? Maybe they're trying to get dirt on them, right? Uh, and, yeah. And hang them as treasonous, right? Yeah. Uh, who knows? The, the, the American government has a great history of that kind of crap, right? So. I just, I can't, you know, he, he's a very prominent media guy. I can't see, uh, well, <laughs> they, they could put him in jail and then he could have an Epstein accident. But uh, I just, I, I don't see any evidence that they've actually tried to, I think, I mean, I think Tucker Carlson um, is, I see a lot of evidence that Tucker Carlson likes to build things up and he likes, he's, he throws his, especially since leaving Fox, he's been engaging in, I think, more clickbait. Um, I, I can't really blame him for trying to generate interest or, you know, do you hear what I'm saying? It's just, I, that's just one statement of what he said there that was like, wait a minute, did they really try to stop you? Because you're over there doing it right now and I didn't see anybody arrest you. So and, and, go ahead and, and do you, it. You, you look at the timing that he's going to drop out this video, okay, this interview. Yeah. The time of when? The Super Bowl. Mm. <laughs> and he's going to get millions and millions and millions of views, Rick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if he becomes the vice president, which I think could very happen, which could happen very, very easily for him in the United States. Okay. You think Trudeau yeah. better run? You think Carlson might be the Trump's running mate? Is what you're saying? One hundred percent. That's interesting. He's already sitting down with uh, with Putin. <laughs> that's that's very true. Yeah, I mean there is that that take on it. I personally, I don't think that will happen. I think that he's too valuable to Trump uh, as an online influencer. So he's probably. Trump's probably further ahead of leaving him where he is, but a lot of people agree with you and think that he it, might it, it be It don't matter. What, Trump only has four more years, right? He's already played out yep. four. So. Well, no, I think, I think actually, and you can check with Lori on this, but she corrected me because of the way the, the constitution is written. He could actually have two more terms. So he could, he could be president for eight more years because they have to be consecutive. Wow. Well, that would make America great again. <laughs> I would I would have to check that one out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm just a stupid Canadian, so what do I know? But that is, uh, that's what, how it was explained to me. I think she's correct, actually, because mm -hmm. I was of the same view as I, you, I, I, but I was, I think I was mistaken. I, I've never heard years. that proposed before, so uh, yeah. as I said, I would have to check it out. Now, but if it, on the it other hand... pretty fishy, though. <laughs> that that Tucker Carlson sitting down with Vladimir Putin, okay, and there's a chance of him being the vice president of the United States. Yeah, that, listen, that that's almost like Tucker Carlson sitting down with Joe Rogan, sitting down with Rick Walker. Yeah. Well, he, you know, you say he's got balls, is what I think you said, right, Leo? He's, yeah, got I mean, big, it, he's got big yeah. balls, and the, the reason I say that is because the deep state, the CIA, the NIS, all that crap that's over there, the FBI, okay? Like I said, Gary Webb was an honest reporter, 
an honest journalist, journalist, okay? Mm-hmm. And he wound up uh, being written off as a suicide with three three bullet holes to the back of his head that they said he did himself. Now, sure. how do you shoot yourself three times in the head? Well, I mean, I think- that's that's a, another story. I hear I hear what you're saying. Oh, um, he's he's being oh, really you know, he's he's, he is taking a lot of heat on mainstream media. There's nothing up there in the first place. Sorry, Ian, I couldn't hear you. Can you repeat repeat that for me? Oh, I said only really stupid people can pull that one off because <laughs> there's nothing up there in the first place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Who... But, but let me put this to you, Rick. Yeah. Yeah. In our you know pre-video short conversation, you could have did it on Saturday. He's doing you, it on Sunday. Yeah. You you alluded to um, measures that you have to take. And some, I, I don't know if there have been threats or anything um, that you may have received or inferred or whatever. And, and you look at your readership and you're having to do this. Imagine what he has. It's not that he has to do it. He has done. He's got it in place. He's got, hmm. he must have incredible security. Um, in, in place to uh, to deal with this kind of th- issue. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I have to be careful about what I say, yeah. how I conduct myself, and I have to, these days in particular, you know, where I've received lots of threats, and I, you know, I, he he does too, um, you know, and and even here on this channel, we we our our circles of contacts touch yeah okay so there's no question about that i know some of the people he knows he knows a lot of the people i know and um it 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 intertwines i don't know tucker carlson personally i've never spoken to him the the question for me that is paramount is is he credible and if you read the mainstream media reports on this um and if you go back Tucker Carlson is taking a lot of heat. He's accused of, you know, being pro-Russian, of maybe being a propagandist even. Uh, It's difficult these days to know if someone is acting in good faith. I think he's full of shit. I think he's he's so so full of shit, he makes Alex Jones' eyes brown. Okay? Mm -hmm. They're full of shit, and they're feeding off it. They're grifters. Mm. Okay, and they're they're very good grifters, and they're making a lot of money at it. You, you know? mean who, sorry, who 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 Leo? Tucker the... Carlson, all of them. Mm. Tuck, Tucker Carlson, uh, Alex Jones. There's a bunch of them out there. Okay, uh, yeah, and and they're making money off it, and it's entertainment, simply pure entertainment. It's a new form of entertainment that we're not That's, used to seeing. Yeah. yeah, very true. I mean, politics has become a form of entertainment. It started to become that with, with television and now with the internet and social media, it, um, it certainly is that as among other things, this is very serious though, because this is about, these are issues of national security. It, 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 it begs the question at what point do you cross the line and potentially become treasonous if you are not acting in good faith or are you, really practicing journalism or is it propaganda or are, is he over there acting as a journalist with, you know, these, 
Right. So I just caution everybody when watching this kind of content, regardless of where it comes from, to take it all with with that in mind and with a, uh, with a grain of salt, because everybody brings some bias. And right now, I think it's very difficult to know if any of these guys are acting in good faith. And a lot of accusations on various sides of that guy's a, you know, a government op or that guy's, you know, we know that the lettered agencies, intelligence services, plant people into media organizations all the time. They've been doing it for a long time in order to control news stories. And now we have Tucker Carlson, who has been very critical of the U.S. government, very pro-Putin, very pro-Russia, clearly, in his narratives. I think, um, you know, sometimes justifiably so. Other times he's making strange claims that have that I've thought that's that's not true. Go back to about a year ago, or to 2022, in the summer, and he was predicting we were going to be out of diesel fuel within 15 days. And as soon as he said that, I said, well, we might have a problem, but we're not going to be out of diesel fuel in 15 days. Right. It doesn't work that way. So, you know, just to get people upset, fear mongering, lots of that. Even the uh, discontent for Trudeau, which I have, and a lot of people in Canada do have, and yeah. even Tucker Carlson, for him to sit there. And I heard the rumors, oh, it's uh, Fidel Castro's son. Well, if you look at the itinerary, okay, there's it's impossible for Margaret Trudeau to have been. Okay, she she went to Cuba after he was born. Okay, and the itinerary sh shows that. So the chance of him being Fidel Castro, that's a great joke, this and that. But a lot of people believe it. Okay, they do. Because yep. you hear it from guys like Tucker Carlson and guys like uh, Rick Walker and guys like uh, no, Alex Jones. <laughs> that's right. I've, <laughs> I've joked Walker. about it right here. I have. I've made lots of jokes about that. Uh, but yeah, I don't think it's true, no. but I, I have joked about it. Yes. I don't yeah. think it's true either. Yeah. I don't Maybe. think Pierre, I don't think Pierre's his dad, but it's certainly not, uh, Fidel Castro. Yeah. And are you guys familiar with the, um, what is it called? The, um, Brandolini's law. It's. It's it's uh it's also known as the bullshit asymmetry principle. It's an internet adage. It was uh, a guy by the name of Alberto Brandolini, an Italian computer programmer, uh, coined that back in 2013, and it was his assertion that the it, it it reads like this. It says the amount of energy needed to refute bullshit is an order of magnitude bigger than that needed to produce it. So. The, 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 the point being, if you were a foreign government or a foreign spy agency, like if you were a Russian intelligence service and you wanted to disrupt things, or if you're with the Chinese government, I mean, all it really takes is just to plant a seed of doubt, right. to make something look like it might not be true in order to just really fuel things. And, uh, and once that snowball gets rolling especially online, it's very, very difficult to stop it. It takes well, a lot more, yeah, more energy to disprove that. Right? What's that? Let's take our own government education point. Yeah, well, I mean, they, can, um, they could be involved in that too. But honestly, Ian, I'm getting a little bit tired of the same um, rep repetitive, it's, it was an inside job with no actual proof.
whether you're talking about 9-11 or, you know, is Israel letting Hamas slaughter the people on October 7th or I mean, you pick you pick it, you know, JFK, um, all of these things. It's always our own fault. And it, it really comes down to just in order to get people to question things, it just takes a seed of doubt and then everything explodes off of that. And then you don't really ever get the damn truth. I don't know what the truth is around almost any of this stuff because there's so much doubt. That's all it takes. You just need to sow a seed of doubt and it becomes very disruptive to the, 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 the election, the, la the last number of elections, both sides. Oh, it was, it was the other side cheated whether it's Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or, you know, the, the, the Bush election. Oh, there's, you know, the, the hanging chads. It doesn't matter. Everybody's out there sowing seeds of doubt to make the, you know, one side or the other question the outcome of something that in itself undermines democracy because democracy needs to be, needs to be, you know, you have to have the perception of validity as well as the reality of it in order for democracy to be functional. But you undermine the confidence of the public in the system and you undermine democracy itself, which is why the country is so divided, which is why Tucker Carlson in a way is in Moscow tonight, because people, a lot of, at least 50% of the population of the United States no longer has faith in the system. And they believe that the election wasn't valid. And you can find a lot of people who think that, Biden isn't really the president. Um, and I have to sit here and say tonight, I understand why. I get it. I, I have a lot of doubts about a lot of things, too. But it's, it's unfortunate that we live in these times in that way, because how do you know what's true anymore? You, you, can, you can ascertain truth where... It can be supported by, um, I'll say, open source evidence. If the evidence is solid, yeah. So I, I did a lot of research early on in the, in the Ukraine conflict. Um, and, and I wrote probably two, three dozen articles. Some of them were just news updates, <clears throat> but I kept on, something would come come at me and I'd say, okay, I have to go and look at that. And I would go on, and it's kind of like akin to what you were saying about the, this bullshit principle or something like that. Brandolini's law. Somebody can give me an idea and it, it can be a five second conversation and it can take me three days of eight hour a day research to prove or disprove that. So um, I kept on, you know, I hear about a NATO meeting in, in which certain things were alleged to have happened. Okay, well, I'm, I'd go back and I'd find, okay, here are the minutes from that NATO meeting. They're published. They're in the public record. And you can go back down and you can see exactly what was said. And not only that, but you can, it was interesting in reading those 
NATO transcripts is, is that um, it's not entirely what they say, but it's the mindset that, that comes through that, that, uh, that was scary too. So I, I did a lot of research like that. And that to me, I stand, I can stand by and you can't refute it because I can give you the links to the documents. You know, so, so that, that's the kind of thing you can do. But it takes an awful lot of. I'm work. gonna. I I, I don't want to get too deep into this tonight, and in, in that respect. But I'm gonna show you, um, behind the scenes. Okay. Why even that now, in this new age of information warfare, may not be entirely reliable. I'm gonna show you some stuff. Um. Uh. When we when I have a little time and we can chat privately. Yeah. And then once we hash that out, maybe we'll have a, a broader discussion about it here on the program. I'm going to blow your mind. Well, I, I, you know, I, I understand that, that virtually nothing that you see now you can take as authentic. Um, and this mm -hmm. is probably part of what you would be showing me is, is I'm going to, I'm going to show you things that look, well, that look 100% authentic and not just, yeah. I mean, like, Stuff that looks like it's straight from the government, yeah. but might probably isn't. Right. Um, and I, and I, you know, I can't disprove it either. Can you mute me? I don't know. Hello, <laughs> Mary's going for it. Okay, let's bring in Gail Robertson. Hello, Gail. Welcome back. Hey, how are you? I'm fine. Thanks for coming on tonight. We we appreciate your help with this. As we navigate through this Tucker Carlson yeah, issue, like catching some of. I'm just going to put my uh, mute on here. So, um, yeah, I just caught some of the tail end of the conversation, and uh, yeah, I, you know, it's interesting talking about whether um, you know Tucker is propaganda. Or, I mean, how do we know, right? right um, I don't know. So for me, the issue because I, I was listening to. Uh, you know, why he's there. And the biggest issue I have is why is there such a concern about him interviewing him? Like, I mean, and he talked about this, this is what journalists do. We interview people. It doesn't mean necessarily, I mean, I've interviewed lots of people I didn't agree with, lots of people I really didn't agree with, but this is where I think we've gotten away from what journal, what the basis of journalism is, is that you interview people and it doesn't mean you're some propagandist because you yep. talk to them or interview them or ask questions. Right. And what I see happening now, like a lot of the questions coming from the media now towards, well, it seems more towards one person <laughs> leader is it almost becomes like they're trying to go for that gotcha moment as opposed to asking a question and not coming at it with uh some sort of a agenda. And I heard one question was, I mean, the reporter, I mean, it, it gets to be a bit embarrassing right now when a reporter has to say when, and it was Pierre Polyev and he says, well, what, where the question come from? And he said, well, from the desk, which must've been from an editor. I'm like, right. Even, even if you did, I mean, we know Rick, there are times when an editor would say, Hey, ask this question, but I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd want to say, Oh, uh, gee, it's not me. I'm my boss asking me this. Right. Like, uh, and, and yeah, it's as I look over the and listen over the last few days and I'm hearing these questions being asked and reporters aren't coming prepared. If you're going to come for a gotcha to someone, you better come 
with knowledge and understanding of what you're asking. And uh, yeah. Well, I, I would say that the mainstream media has, has degenerated to that point where, where you're handed talking points by your editor. And, you know, these are the questions you should ask and, and maybe a few things. And this, if this comes back, do, do this and, and so on. But, but journalists, by and large in the mainstream media, there are exceptions. Uh, they, they don't do any research. Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to, I'm not going to paint that brush across all journalists because I think there's a lot of pressure on them right now too that that uh and I came out of that world um uh, but I think one of the things and I will take responsibility for this too as a journalist is that there really isn't a strong understanding of history of economics yeah. uh that wasn't something that uh I I remember I interviewed had Peter Menzies on my show and he's a former publisher at the I think Calgary Calgary Herald and he said in hindsight he kind of wished hired, if you had hired economists or people with more of an understanding of the economy and then trained them to be journalists <laughs> might have been, uh, been a, a better approach. But yeah, I think that's where, and I think Ian, you were maybe saying this earlier too, is that now we have like a wide diversity of where to get our media. Uh, we just saw that Joe Rogan just signed a new deal with Spotify too for, I don't know, some large amount of money uh, beyond my understanding. But uh, we're starting to see now this, you know, expanding of where we're getting our news from. And sadly, a lot of mainstream missed the boat, I think. Like there was an opportunity to jump on board, to, to really embrace things like podcasts and doing what you're doing, Rick. And they didn't, right? And they kind of stuck more into that uh, they believed they were right. And um, now we're seeing the fallout from that. And I think, you know, that's where someone like Tucker Carlson, it's really fascinating to see that what he's doing and the backlash from mainstream towards him as if he is doing something that's so horrible. And I'm like, I'm curious, my show's curious much. I want to, why have we not heard from Putin? Like what, what is the, we've heard from other leaders in the past that have done horrible things, depending on where you fall on what you determine is horrible. That's the other thing. Who determines what makes a horrible leader? That's, that's where the, you know, your political view. And, you know, as someone talking about war, you know, what I always find interesting when people are saying a ceasefire, well, it seems to be a ceasefire only on certain wars. Mm -hmm. That's right. And, uh, you know, and I am not, I want to say I'm not an expert on like what's happening in terms of, I, although I did just started to watch because I was doing some research, Ukraine on fire yep. documentary. Seen it. I mean, I haven't watched all of it yet, but yep. I tell you, I'm watching this going, oh my God, like there's it. I have to watch it again just because it's it's very confusing, right? To see who's who, which side they've switched sides. One side, one minute, U.S. is here, and this is what people forget because we have forgotten history. We don't really go back and look at you know what is the trajectory that landed us where we are now, and I think that's what's uh, what's missing. Um, 
and it's hard. It's difficult to take the time to go do the research. So people read headlines, people read the, you know, cherry picked items. And Rick, I know, look how much time you spend each day, right? Having to go do research. And uh, yeah, it's, it's exhausting. (laughs) Further to that is I, for every hour I write, I spend 10, 10 hours doing research. Mm -hmm. And so my blog is pretty solid. Very little opinion in there. It's facts strung together with links all over the place. And when I take a topic, I try to pull in all I can, stitch it together in a narrative that is flows that people can read easily. People won't do it. I can, I can, they say, what, what do you think about this? And I said, you know, that it's a complex subject. I've really gone into it. Go to this blog article or I'll send you a link to it. They don't read it. They're too lazy. Most people just read headlines, honestly. I think it's part of it's lazy. Part of it's also just overwhelmed. You know, yeah. it's, um, there is, and this is the uh, the downside too. As much I always say, every it's like a double edged sword. Social media is a double edged sword. I love social media. I use it as a tool. It also is a terrible thing. It can be create wreak havoc in people's lives, right? So, uh, and I always say, a knife is good. You can cut things. A knife can kill someone. You know, it's like it, there's these, you know, everything has two sides to it. And I think right now people are so busy. I was just talking to someone about this the other day. I said, remember when we were told that we were going to go and have computers, we'd have more time, more leisure time. We were supposed to have all this extra time in our hands and we were going to be in a paperless society. Yeah. It's going to save trees. None, none of that has happened. We have more, I look at my desk, I still have paper. There's still paper and we don't have this now. This ties us more to work. You know, remember back in the beeper days, Rick, where we had the beeper? I remember that, yes, the pagers, yeah. Pagers, that was as a reporter, we'd have a pager and uh, people would age you to, to get you. You'd have to find a phone and uh, you hoped it was better be a good reason. They could, were- you bring, could you bring back a quart of milk to the some donuts? I had one editor one time said, oh, just checking in. Where are you? Where am I? I'm in, and this is when I was working out in Essex County. I'm like, you know how long I had to drive to find a phone? And you're asking me, where am I? You want me to check in? Well, those were the days. You know, the, the, the reason I think it's such a concern right now with Tucker Carlson going there is that if he is not acting in good faith, then he then on the opposite side of that would mean that he's feeding into the information war and is acting as an agent of Putin. And why is that significant? Because we, I think the, these wars in Ukraine and in, in Gaza are more of an information war. The information war is the, the front line. The kinetic war is the secondary line. If you are Russia and you can undermine public support for the war in Ukraine by, like, among the American people and in Canada, then you 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 you're basically cutting off the funding and you're cutting off 
the arms shipments there because the public won't support it anymore. And we're at that point right now with the U.S. In fact, today, and this all ties into what we saw at the border in Texas over the weekend, um, they've tied, the, the Republicans have tied the border issue to ongoing support for the war in Ukraine, saying if we don't secure that border, the southern border of the U.S., we're not going to support more funding for Ukraine. Public support for the war, the war effort, is paramount here. You cut that, you 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 undermine public support for the war, you, you cut off the funding, Russia wins the war. It's the same thing in Gaza. And all, it's for all the marbles, right? Tucker alludes to that in his video that we just ran. He's, we're talking about the BRICS nations, which is now like the BRICS 10 with about 30 or 40 other countries ready to sign on to that. That can lead to the uh, the eventual downfall of the American dollar as the world reserve currency. I'll tell you right now, a lot. I see a lot of cheerleading going on here at home for Vladimir Putin. He's very popular. The, uh, the anti-war effort is gaining momentum. The support for the war is for both of the conflicts is diminishing here. And I'll tell you this, it's really going to suck for us if we lose. I'm not supportive if, of the war in Ukraine. If, if, I, if, if either, if we lose either one, it's going to really suck for us. The, the Ukraine um, war is finished. It's over. The Russians well, it, won. Well, we haven't seen the ramifications of that. And I wouldn't, I, Ian, I don't think we're quite there yet because people are still dying. And, and they will continue on dying until they run out of people to kill. I understand. I understand what you're saying. And, uh, and I don't disagree with you. What I am saying is, if you think that our way of life is going to just continue here after these wars, it, the way it has, after these wars are over with, think again. Tucker Carlson just told you. Everything is changing. We are now no longer in a unipolar geopolitical reality. We're in a multipolar geopolitical reality. It's, and I think they're all, frankly, globalists in one respect or another. It's just that they are jockeying for position to see who actually ends up running the world when all of this is over with. I, and I, I see no evidence for that. Well, somebody's going to be running things, and it sure doesn't look like it's us well, that, anymore. The definition of a multipolar world is that you don't have a single hegemon. No, you don't. But you you have a you you have a you have a multipolar geopolitical reality, and we ain't in the club. Is the point? And uh, so you're going to have you're going to have these other countries. We're going to be there. What's that? Disappear. The American dollar is not going to disappear. It's not going to be the world reserve currency at some point. But that's that's the fair distance in the future. Maybe months. No, 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 no. Years. Maybe, maybe years, years. but no. not very far off. No, no. It's going to be around. It's, what he it's, just said. it's a matter of convenience. The, the it's, everything, the whole dollar is propped up by Saudi Arabia, requiring other countries to purchase oil with U.S. dollars to prop up demand for the dollar, which finished. is backed up by the U.S. That's yeah, that's right. It's finished. And the dollar, and, is and so we're strong. and we're on the the dollar is on the way out. No, it's and, and it's backed up and it's been backed up by U.S. military, which really means that the U.S. dollar has been propped up by U.S. military spending and U.S. Mm -hmm. military might to exert its force around the world to maintain this neoliberal 
global expansion of that ideology and U.S. influence around the world as the dominant political and economic force. And because of the U.S. policy where, whereby they had determined after the end of the Cold War that the United States could not be challenged, they would not allow any other country to challenge the United States for dominance geopolitically, economically, um, you know, we're, we're now into a, a new reality where these other countries, the BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, the other nations joining in, these Arab nations in particular that have are, you know, strongly aligned with Russia and China, they're all lined up against the West. And Tucker Carlson is quite right. People here in, are in these Western countries, in Canada, the United States, in Europe, we are oblivious pretty much. The public is oblivious to this even happening. We are all just going along our merry way every day, um, ignorant of the, the strength that this new axis of economic allies, uh, has the, the, how strong that has become, the threat that that has become to U.S. dominance. When the dollar is no longer the, the world reserve currency, there will be an exponential contraction in the size of the U.S. economy. We no longer have any productive capacity uh, th to speak of. I mean, there's some manufacturing here, but pretty much it's all been outsourced. So we don't have underlying productive capacity to support our way of life. Everything that we are doing is, is our entire economy, the strength of it is predicated on monetary policy and external productivity, which then props up our way of life and our standard of living. We're living on debt. And at some point, we have to pay for all of this. And that day, that day of reckoning is not far off. Rick, you've thrown out 50 or more separate points. I could do 100 off the top I'm of my sure head. You could, and, and that's totally useless for any kind of a, a conversation. One, one issue at a time. That's the way it works. Which one would you like to tackle first? Oh, I don't know. Throw it out. <laughs> I'll just add this because I'm going to have to yeah. jump off shortly. Sure. One of the things that I uh, also uh, heard, I'm trying to think where I heard it, but this idea, though, that we aren't really uh, getting information. There's a lot right now of just people sniping, fighting, you know, at superficial things. There isn't really, and I think further what Ian said, right? People, we're not really looking at the underlying issues. We're not looking at the why. We're not spending enough time to really understand what is happening. And I think some of that is intentional, right? It's, uh, yeah. and, you know, this is what is frustrating. I'm sure Rick, on your show, I do it on my show too, right? We, we're trying to, you know, have issues discussed that uh, to get people more aware. And that's where, you know, in terms of the Tucker Carlson, number one is, of course, he's doing this. I mean, he his show, who's not going to want to turn it out of curiosity alone, people? So, yeah, mm -hmm. of course, he's using this. That's his brand, right? But it's the right. same, you know, whether it's a Tucker Carlson or a Joe Rogan or these people that are, you know, doing phenomenally well, but now I, I can't speak as much to Tucker Carlson, but I do listen to a fair number of Joe Rogan's podcasts and it really is educational to listen. Not all of them. I skip over some, but, um, you know, for people that think he's some 
Neanderthal. He really isn't. He has on some really amazing guests. But I think we're probably in the minority of actual taking the time to spend two to three hours to listen to a podcast. That's not, you know, not now some people are watching Netflix shows and uh, I know a lot of people that say they have no time to do all this, but they do have time, right? But <laughs> it's, it's where you're going to spend your time. So that's my, my main concern and issue is how do we get more people to be aware, to learn more. And then uh, but back to what we just said, it also can become overwhelming and people feel that, um, you know, what, what, what does it matter? But again, I heard a reference, you know, uh, the grain of sand analogy, right? We're all a grain of sand. That's, I think, why we do what we do, Rick, is, and Ian, likely you do the same, I'm sure, is that we're all trying to make change in our corner of the world in some way. And yeah. part of that's about getting more information out to people. And and Ian, even though people may not, uh, I'm going to go try to read some of your things because I'm always fascinated. I always like to see different perspectives, learn more. So, and I think there are other people out there like that. And I think there's some people in the comments too that also are obviously they're tuning in and listening and absorbing as well. Yeah, I, I think, I think it, it has to happen individual by individual or by an individual, I'm going to say, suddenly wakes up and starts to think. Mm -hmm. And that's when they start, they will sit down and they will read and they will look for other sources and other opinions. The, the vast majority, um, I live in a small town, smaller than Rick's. <laughs> and um, when we moved here, we, we happened to connect up with a, a group of uh, three other women that my wife associates with some time to time. And she's frustrated with them because they spend most of their time watching soap operas. Mm -hmm. And what they what they do take in, I, it's CBC, CTV, Global, mm -hmm. off the TV as the media sources, and then social media for some. Um, it is a big thing. I we have a a relative who virtually lives with a, one of those things in her hand, and I questioned her on one or two occasions. Where did you get that information? She she couldn't answer, but it's come it's come off of there. Anyway, um, but there is that, good, there is information off there because I I might be one of those people that does have this. I think it depends. It's like anything. It's how you. Are you <laughs> Are you an influencer? Influencer? Well, I people have called it. I don't. I work with. I work a lot in manufacturing, right? So I okay. try to get. But one of the things I'm doing right now is, and I do have on my show, is I'm trying to connect the dots and get more manufacturers to understand that what's happening politically, what's happening when it comes to energy, when it happens comes to uh, economic policies, how much this can impact the manufacturing world. So, okay. um, sure. yeah, I'm. You know, like anything, though, you know, yeah, there's people that are on their phones just doing mindless scrolling, too, right? Um, but usually when I'm on mine, I'm usually on Twitter. I'm a big fan of Twitter Twitter or X, whatever. But one of the reasons I am is that it's, uh, you know, I know that that is where I can see an interview 
like the one Tucker Carlson's doing that won't be um, censored. And it is, we all know, Rick, right? Stories of censorship on YouTube, censorship on a lot of platforms. And, uh, and I know there's people that say there's some on X too, but generally speaking, I would say it is the most uh, open uh, platform other than like rumble other ones. I'm talking about like mainstream. I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I use it as a tool. I use it uh, for my manufacturing world. I, I use it for research, um, but I cross reference. See, I spend a lot of time. Like if I see a clip, I want to go listen to the full interview. I want to know, um, you know, what was the context? So. Yeah. Do you think the mainstream media criticism of Tucker Carlson is fair or not, Gail? Uh, well, that's a broad statement, but do I think criticizing him for actually going to the interview? No, I don't think that's fair. Now you brought up some good points though. So I'm always like, you made me think about some things talking about, well, what are the repercussions? What could happen from this? But I also think information is so vital. And, um, you know, he said he's going to be doing it. It's not going to be edited. I believe it's uh, the live interview or it's going to not be unedited. So, um, you know, <laughs> to me, Tucker Carlson, all these people, Tucker Carlson and Joe Rogan, uh, all these names that the media lot of mainstream want to go out against um again it's cherry picking i mean tucker carlson has said some woo -woo things too like i just that i don't agree but i've also heard him say and he's interviewed and done an amazing job and i so yeah. i'm someone who you know and anybody watches my show and this is a bit of my, i always say my pollyanna side is that you know ted lasso says be curious not judgmental so i always want to just be curious understand not judge someone only by what someone else has said about them and you know so i'm probably going to tune in and listen to some of this because i'm curious about this interview this is it's someone who you know um i think we do need to hear from people even if we think they're not good people <laughs> yeah well you just as an observation we've spent an, an roughly an hour talking about Tucker Carlson's going and should he go and what's what's involved and what's the implication. There has been not a single word about um, what might come out of it. I mean, you're going to actually have an interview with Putin. I read his speeches. Um, they're very informative. You, you get to know what's going on. Um, yeah, we've run we've run his speeches right here many times. I usually, you know, have to tip off YouTube and run them on Rumble, but they're there. We've got them posted. Yeah, so I'm anxious to to see what the conversation is going to be about. Yeah, what what they cover, and I'm hoping that Tucker will also talk about life in Moscow because I've I've watched videos from other people who in the last say six months or maybe a year have gone over or to russia and they talk about what a transformed society it is mm -hmm. and the problem with in the west here we are stuck in the with the 1991 cold war notion of russia mm -hmm. yeah. and that's that's what drives our western thinking 
And Russia today is nothing like that, according to the people of MENA. So I, I'm looking forward to, I'm hoping a bit, a bit of that will come in too. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I also spoke to someone who um, uh, had gone back to Russia. Like, I was like, you can go back there? Like, I mean, I, that was my naivete. I was like, how did you go there, right? And uh, yeah, it was really interesting hearing, um, you know, perspective of someone who went there, who's from there. And it is true, we, but we get in these places, uh, we've already made our mind up, and this is the problem across the board right now. People get very set in their way. This is right, this is wrong. So they're gonna say, and whether they're saying, you know, like in Canada, Justin Trudeau's bad, Pierre Pauly is good, or Pierre Pauly is bad, Justin Trudeau is good. Like it's this hard and fast, and they never can, you know, question and say, well, is there good and bad to each? And, you know, I have a whole different view when it comes to politics. I said, this is the hand or doubt. We have to try to work within how we're going to manage the current system. And, you know, someone also said too, sometimes we need to look beyond just the person instead of attacking the person. Let's look at the policies. What are the policies? What's happening rather than making it just about personalities, right? We need to really, like to me right now, I think we need to look at the policies federally and look at, it's not just about one person right now. I mean, we want to paint this as just a Trudeau issue, but it's actually, he has a whole cabinet that's supporting him. He has NDP supporting him. So that's the bigger issue that I think we need to have more stories on. We need to understand that instead of this being, you know, like, yeah, I think it's terrible that he went off Jamaica and spent that time at Christmas, but of all the stories they could really be going after, there's other ones I think that really need to be tackled that have really, really serious implications for us. Yeah, uh, I like that thinking. Yeah, it, it's like we we're, we get in that mode. Well, Trudeau did this, Putin did this, Biden yeah. did this. Yeah. But the thing is, is that other than knowing how to eat his chocolate ice cream and sniff little girls. Biden does isn't capable of doing much more than that. Yeah. So, but there's people propping him up right now, right? Well, so it's well, not, that's the point. Yeah. So people focus on it's Biden. Yeah. Biden, it's not, Biden. No, no. It's not. It's it's who's behind Biden, and I've always been interested. In, I'd like to know who these people are. I'd like to put <laughs> names on them, please. I yeah. Want to know. I'm with you, Ian. Yeah. I wish. Who right. pulls his strings? Who sets his agenda? Yeah. I would like to see much more in-depth coverage. That's why I like, like on Twitter, I see, uh, what's her name, Andy Lee. I see there's other people doing deep investigative stuff on what's happening. Like even things like the money that this whole Arrive Can app and money went into this and there's no trace of like offices. It's to me, that's, these are the important things. Where's money going? Where's funding that's going into some of these things? Um, you know, and we seem to be, you know, it's easier to go with the stories though about, you know, the vacations and things like that. And, and I think people get caught up and talking about that because the other issues are so much deeper and, and frankly, more frightening. When I look at like, the, the issues of, you know, interference in our elections, like those are things I want addressed and I want media tackling, you know, there was the big story that's now blown over about Buffy St. Marie. Do you remember that story? It was like, they mm -hmm. spent all this money tracking down and I kind of went, 
for what? For what to go? Okay, so say she lied about her birthright. Like, to be honest, who cares? <laughs> like, I, I don't really think it's that big of an issue that affects all of Canadians. And instead, like, there was a year investigation on that. To me, that seemed really out of line when there's other other really big topics that we need to know about. And that's that's an interesting point because it's a matter of perspective. But I, I think a lot of these issues are used as distraction mm -hmm. to yeah. distract people. You know, where did who paid for Trudeau's vacation yeah. to get away from? Okay, where 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 did the money go from? Go in the uh, arrive can affair? Where did that where did all that money go to? Um, so the, the big issues, they, 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 they kind of keep down and, and they throw these little fluff pieces that, uh, yeah, easy, easy, easy gossip, gossip kind of thing. Easy. Yeah. And it's, so, it's those other big issues are tougher to tackle, tougher to make, um, understandable for people as well. A lot of the other things people just, it does get overwhelming. I, as someone who spends a lot of time researching, I find it some days, like it's just, like I said, watching, you know, that um, uh, Ukraine on fire, even that documentary was like, that was a lot. It was, it was confusing. And, I was like, and, you know, it's right now, I find there's so much that's required of us to really understand history on so many levels that, you know, yes. the different wars and understanding history and why is this happening and propaganda, because you really have to look at everything. It was something you said earlier, Rick, that you do have to look at things and understand who's saying them, where's it coming from and not just accepting it that, and we've become very accustomed, just accepting. We heard something on the news. It must be true. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And we don't, we should maybe go, well, wait a minute. That's one perspective. So Tucker interviewing, that's one perspective. Is there a belief that everybody's going to go listen to that? And, oh my God, all of a sudden we're going like, to believe everything Putin says, right? Like, And I think it's important to remember that we are at war. This is, a, yeah. we're in war. So the first casualty of war is truth. We are being subjected to propaganda constantly right now, and we're not accustomed to it because our generation, while well, we went through, you know, the Gulf War, you know, we've been through other conflicts, but not like this. This mm -hmm. is really, it has developed into a world war, especially on the information front. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't think that we as a society are um, prepared for this. There isn't enough media literacy out there. Mm -hmm. People don't really understand what it is they're looking at, reading, hearing, absorbing. And I think that they're using techniques to spread whatever information they choose to spread. And I, when I say they, I mean all sides, all countries, um, even big companies uh, in, in very sophisticated ways now. So this interview with Tucker, I say, yeah, you know, me personally, let him go. Of course, let him do the interview. Of course. Like, why would you try to stop it? He has every right to do it. 
I, I welcome the information, but I just think the most important thing is we need to, and I'll get you to comment on this, Gail, because I just think people need to remember that he, he's coming at it from a particular place. And we don't even really know for sure what, what that place is with in, in his in his case, or maybe in anybody's case, because even here, I've been accused of being on this side or that side, mm -hmm. um, because I've run uh, speeches with Vladimir Putin, therefore I must be on Russia's side. But over here, I'm critical of the war, or people say I'm pro-American. Um, I'm just trying to be a journalist, guilt by association. I'll, I'll get you to uh, weigh yeah. in on that. It, well, I think it's, you know, journal. what does it mean to be a journalist in 2024, right? That's another big question right now. And it's something which is something I've been working on really since the start of the whole, you know, COVID situation. I started really looking at media very differently. I've been out of the media now for ugh, a long time. <laughs> but, you know, it's still in me in terms of how I see media and what I see journalism. And, you know, I transitioned from... Uh, being in, I got to be careful of that word. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I moved from being, in, um, you know, in mainstream print journalism through to now being in using social media, using as a tool, having a show on YouTube. But I also, you know, I post things, uh, you know, I come on shows like this. I've been on other shows and commented. So, you know, it's, that's why we're doing what we're doing, Rick, right? Because it has changed. So, you know, I think, the idea of interviewing, I mean, whether it's interviewing Zelensky, interviewing Putin, um, these are two key figures. And uh, I think it's important that people be given all information and not assume that people are that dumb that they just can't figure some things out. I think that's the other thing that I find really offensive at times is this idea that, well, people are, you know, are too stupid to... Uh, uh, make up their own minds. So we have to rely only on certain people to, you know, spoon feed us news. And, right. um, you know, I'd say a lot of people that are the most curious too. Uh, and I've noticed this a lot of times uh, they aren't the ones that have the most um, uh, letters after their names either. So um, a lot of people that I've spoke to, uh, I used to, um, at one point in my life, I even read a, ran a bed and breakfast and uh, lived on a, a smaller island. And a lot of the people, yeah, I've lived on a farm, uh, a friend of mine had a farm. And I tell you, the smartest people I've known, I've got to say, people that are farmers, <laughs> they know a lot of stuff. They know about weather. They know how to fix things. They know how to problem solve. And we kind of discount that. We've, we've treated people that you know, work with their hands or they're working, the true working class, we've discounted um, their knowledge. And I think at our peril sometimes because, um, and then we think that if they support something that, well, it's because they're not smart because they don't have a university degree. And um, I, I have learned that um, I surround myself with people too, that don't have university degrees sometimes because they actually can, they're often able to see things much clearer. What do you think, Ian? <laughs> okay, I, I was so fascinated by listening to Gail, I've lost the thread. <laughs> well, well, I just want your reaction to what she oh, said. I woke up. Oh, uh, okay. Um, 
plumbers are smart too. Yeah, um, my grandson is training to be a millwright. He'll, yeah. you know, he'll be one in a, I don't know, another three months, and we we really encourage that. I first of all, academically, I don't know if he could have handled a university course, but he 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 is he is fixed for life. He he has got a good solid profession, but. Mm-hmm. He and his fiance, they are making really good decisions, life decisions. And he's 20, she's, I think, 19. And boy, I'm just so impressed. Yeah, I I um uh, I have to say that uh the the people I know around town, they don't have university degrees. Um I, I get along with them fine, most of them. Um some people, you know, are just, you know, you wake up one day and they're good and another day you don't know what's going on. Um, but yeah, life is like that. University degree or not, there's just those people. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I like Gail's approach. Yeah. So I Twitter's on fire over this Tucker Carlson thing tonight. Oh, and 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 then we're seeing that Joe Biden has decided he's not. He's declined this uh, opportunity to do an interview during the Super Bowl. I'm seeing today that they were addressing during the White House news conference that Biden has been available about less than half the usual number for for the less than half the usual number of media interviews as as most presidents. Um, so there were questions about that today. All this happening while Tucker Carlson jets off to Moscow to interview Vladimir Putin. Um, against that backdrop, it just seems to me that anyway you slice it, when it comes to PR, public relations, the information war, NATO, the West, the United States, Canada, we are absolutely losing on that front. And Putin is is winning. Um, do you, you think that's, that's fair? Um, I, I, I don't see it, view it that way. That may be true. I, I just don't think of, um, it as the, his, Tucker's interview as, as being part of the information war. Now, um, I'm sure that, well, Putin and Lavrov are amazing in that they are amazingly consistent. Their story never changes. It's, it's very basic, very straightforward. doesn't change. I think, yeah. and But by making himself accessible, available to Tucker Carlson, yeah. I think that is in itself... Um, another shot in the information war. Putin is taking that shot. He's like, yeah, come on over. I'll talk to you. You have a massive audience. Absolutely. Step right in. Have a seat. Here's what I'd like to, to, to say, right? And Elon Musk is now giving him the platform where before it was not available. And I, I think that he's going to win some hearts and minds, quite honestly, because he's eloquent He's well. He's very focused in his message delivery. I think he has some very valid points. Um, 
I think that uh, I think he his messaging will be effective, whether Tucker Carlson is on one side, the other or neutral. Putin yeah. is going to now have the opportunity to deliver important messaging that is part of the information war. I, I don't think his message is going to change from anything he's be, he hasn't been saying in the past. But I think what's the difference is, is that the American public are suddenly going to be exposed to it. I mean, it's yeah. been out there all along. Yeah. Uh, I've been following it for years. Right. Um, because you have to you have to go looking for it, digging for it, just straightforward information, which yeah, it's true. you know, you should would think if you could pick up your paper in the in the morning and read it, it should be there, but it's not because it's being suppressed. And the sources, uh, you know, for what you think of RT, uh, I used to watch that sometimes, Al Jazeera. You can't get them. YouTube's booted them off. Mm -hmm. So these, yeah, you you understand that, yeah, okay, they're going to have a bias, but at least they're going to be presenting something. And I, I think you were kind of saying, Gail, is that, you know, you, you take in this side, and if you know the bias, and you take in this side, which is opposed, and you know the bias, and you can kind of put it together and say, okay, um, what, where, where do I have to go to dig now to, to figure this one out? Right. And I think instead of saying trying to stop listening to the, the government and whoever, like right now they could be explaining why is this important? A lot of what Rick said, let's just say, here's why, here's the concern, just what we've been talking about, say, listen, but listen with a critical mind. Let's examine what he's saying, put it in. They would be better to spend time doing that. There's something, I don't know if you follow Brian Crossentine on um, Twitter. Anyways, he's long story, but he's on Twitter and he wrote this. He said, I disagree with Tucker Carlson on many issues, including many of his past statements about Putin and Russia. The fact that the mainstream media has felt the need to report, and this was a headline, Elon Musk promised not to suppress or block this interview should be quite alarming to you all. Why on earth would any social media platform ban an interview with a world leader, no matter how terrible a person that leader is? The fact that this is even news baffles my mind. Information is not the enemy. And a lot of people, this guy, he, he has a large following and people either think he's, what I like about is people are either complaining that he's too right or too left, right? So, he, which means he might be landing in a good place. But that's kind of what I thought. Like, why? So, what, there's thoughts of banning the interview? And that's the story, right? That even that that would get banned. And this brings us back to everything that happened during COVID, right? When certain things, there was one science. And now there's, I guess, we, we're not smart enough to be able to hear another. And even if, okay, let's say, Tucker Carlson is wrong here and he's out to promote Putin. Okay. Like why not just address that and dial down all of this, you know, anger towards it and, and educate people use this as a time, but yeah, uh, I think we've, we've missed that on that note. I do have to sign off, but this has been a good chat. Nice meeting you, Ian. I'll have to get you go. Rick, if you could give me Ian's contact that I can go read some of his blogs, I would love to. Uh, yeah, it's thepoog.com. What is it? The Poog, P-O-O-G. Okay. There dot com. The okay. pissed off old guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm curious minds. So I have my show oh, right yeah, now. And I, I'll set, 
please send Miguel's to Rick because uh, I, okay. I want to look uh, more. Happy to it. connect you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Thank you. I am reading the comments. Thank you to the people who are writing nice comments. So thank you. Made my night. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. Okay. Bye. But you don't look that pissed off, Ian. You, you look. You, you you just look way too friendly to be pissed off all the time. I'm. Yeah, I, I, I could I could put it this way. I found religion, <laughs> which, which which has a. Um, Oh, I don't know what's the term. Uh, I'm also losing my mind. Words just don't come like they used to. Um, it, it's a kind of statement that make, people make casual, but but there is an immense amount of truth in in, it, in my case, and, and I, I am a lot more relaxed about uh, what's going on. They, yeah. think, they don't bother me. They don't get to me. Yeah. Well, any final thoughts on, on the Tucker Carlson story tonight? Um, no, I, 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 I'm looking forward to, I, I hadn't, uh, see, I, I was, I was just interested in the interview itself, the dynamics behind the interview, which is what you covered. I hadn't given any thought to. So, so that I'm going to be given some thought to, um, Tucker, I, I don't follow Tucker myself. Um, when things come up and come across to me, uh, I will look at it. But I, I haven't subscribed to his channel or anything, and I uh, so I I will say I'm not a, a fan of his in the sense that I got to get out there and wave the flag. But I, I will listen to the guy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, me too. I, you know, I, I do follow him, um, not religiously. I, I do watch a lot of his material. Always have. I've noticed a bit of a change since he's left Fox. Yeah. His content has become a bit more sensational, shall we say? So there's a lot more focus, I think, on, uh, yeah. you know, the UFO stuff, and uh, you know, people can make whatever they want of that at this point, especially yeah. with these congressional hearings giving it giving those that kind of content more legitimacy, but um, it's a little more clickbaity at times, mm. but I think that's because he needed to kind of kickstart his, his, uh, his new gig on X. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. and the same with Joe Rogan. Uh, I don't follow him, um, but I will watch interviews that he does if they're put to me by someone who, who kind of says you got to see this because of this, you know? Mm -hmm. um, very direct and viewing. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. Yeah. And tonight I saw you know Alex Jones posting, really kind of backing Tucker Carlson up, and you know, yeah. portraying him as a, a hero. Um, you know, I um, Alex an, an emissary from the United States to. Russia, you know, seeking peace. I, you know, pretty over the top stuff, but that's yeah. his style, you know. That's his style, yeah. And uh, I, I, again, I don't follow him. I could just like, you know, he's gone on his own and he's successful, uh, just like Tucker is and Joe Rogan is. I mean, um, Russell Brandt, there, there are 
there are people out there, names that that have big followings that have made it uh, away from the uh, platforms that would have in the, in the past supported them, but booted them off. So, yeah. Yeah. And did you see today that Donald Trump offered to take that time slot during the Super Bowl to do the interview that Joe Biden turned down? No, no. Okay. <laughs> so he's making headlines with that. He's like, well, well, why Biden not? doesn't want to do it. I'll do it. And then, then on Fox news on the, was on the five, right. Yeah. Uh, they were joking and there's a clip circulating now where they were, they were joking saying something like, uh, well, you know, if he's the real president anyway, or something like that, um, you know, feeding into the whole um, notion that maybe the last election was or was not legitimate. And they did it in such a way that they laughed and left people wondering, are they telling us that Biden's not really the president or are they laughing at the people who who do think that Donald Trump is the president? It And it's kind of left hanging that way. But, yeah, you know, it's it, information. It's weird. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I I'm looking forward to our hopefully private, well, probably private conversation about the issue of, um, I, I have a friend in Ottawa who um, his, his passion is AI and, and his approach is I want to use it to find truth. And truth is, is, is a, is a commodity now, which is to the extent any any exists is in uh, as you point out um, in danger of extinction mm-hmm. by by what technology is capable of doing now. I mean, I don't even know if I'm really talking to Rick Walker. There's no way to know. In two year in two years, it'll be good enough that I, I won't be able to tell. Just a few nights ago, in the middle of the the the, the program, someone sent me a clip of Joe Biden calling the draft. And I was like, what the heck? It's like breaking news. Joe Biden is, is invoking the draft. Yeah. I'm like, this can't be true. So I'm sitting there on the fly trying to determine if this is real news or not. And I'm watching the clip and it looked authentic. It looked 100% real. And I was like, this can't be true. So I held off and I held off and I held off and I didn't run it. And I'm glad I didn't run it because the person who sent it to me had been tricked. And that's where we're at. I've run across that um, where I've put out things in the past a couple of times and and had to retract them. And I do publish a retraction if I'm wrong. Uh, Nowadays, the policy is just blow by it, you know, but uh, um, because I didn't investigate, you know, so. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm eager to have that um, private conversation with you and share some of this material that I have, because I'd really like your perspective on it. Yeah. And, um, it, yeah. and the thing is, it's, it's not so much the technology. Technology, I'm a scientist and engineer, so by training. So technology, of course, is, is interesting to me, but it's not the technology, technology here that's interesting to me it's the underlying philosophical issue of what it means if we can no longer determine whether something's true or not yes that that's scary it's extremely scary and 
That's why I say, you know, democracy, our very democracy is in danger here because it's, it's, if you don't, if people don't have faith and confidence in our system, in our elections, even if they are legitimate, if people don't believe they're legitimate, you've undermined democracy. Yeah. And, and we are at that point, I think, um, certainly in the States, and we're probably closer to it, moving closer to it here. I used to always used to use a, a rule of thumb that Canada is always two years behind the U.S. And in particular, what was happening in Berkeley. Yeah. You know, it, it, it comes north. But, um, yeah, we're, we are probably at the point where um, we, we cannot have an election from here on in that will be accepted by all people as legitimate. And it's clear that the American, the the election this year in the U.S. is going to turn out that way. Whatever the outcome, it will not be accepted by a large block of people on one side or on the other. And that in itself has scary implications. So then the question for me becomes, what what is the what is the truth about the cause of that? Is that the result of actual cheating or is that the result of um uh, foreign information warfare where they're just sowing seeds of doubt mm -hmm. um you know what is it that's is was it a are we getting legitimate elections but one you know one candidate or the other is just trying to make people think that they aren't legitimate or do you see what I'm saying? It's like if we well, if we can figure out what's what the root of all of that is, then that is really the, the the path to solving the issue of legitimizing our elections. I, I'm having a little trouble articulating this. Um, what's yeah. the, what's the source of the of the disruption, the the chaos there? Uh, and that's that's the concern. Yeah, um, I, I'm part of a, s a small group of guys to, to do a Zoom call every two weeks. And most of them are focused on more on U.S. issues. Mm -hmm. And the, the whole issue of around Trump and the election and stuff like that has been under avid discussion now for, well, since the election, last election. So um, there's a lot of background there that I'm familiar with um, and uh, it when there is that amount of stuff out there it's not mainstream but the alternative alternative media uh, certainly uh, have access to to it and, and stuff like that so it does get out and uh, gets gets spread around and and I think that's yeah, it's so serious, though, because if Trump is lying and he's just he's just been creating all of this drama intentionally, then that would make him a bad actor. If, on the other hand, he's right and he's and the, the, the election wasn't legitimate and Biden stole it, then that would make him a victim and all of the J sixers and all of the, you know, the people of, you know, 
But you don't have to listen to Trump at all for that. Um, the, the amount of evidence out there that is, has come out in bits and pieces across the country uh, makes it very clear that there were gross irregularities. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I even I was watching election night and they, they would. And we have to be careful because we're on YouTube. Just okay. to let you know. Well, I, uh, I, I'm just saying that. Yeah, I hear you. The results were were constantly updated, and and you would see these anomalous changes in results mm -hmm. that uh, you say. I'd never seen anything what, like it before. What what did that? You know, yeah. I, I'm not saying one side did it or the other side did it. I'm just saying that if you were watching election night you saw with your very own eyes this kind of an anomaly happen and then and if you're a thinking viewer you're going to say something's going on here yeah all of this is going to tie into that conversation you and i are going to have privately oh, yeah. actually yeah i'm sure you know that anyway okay sir i'm going to let you go and i'm going to continue on with just a few of the other stories of the day well, uh, but I, appreciate I, this, right? I, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm glad to meet Gail. Uh, yeah. I see if we can't uh, connect with her. I'd like to see a bit more of what she does. So we'll see. Yeah, she's very, very sharp. Um, great reporter, great journalist. And we're just lucky that she comes on once in a while to, uh, yeah. to share with us. So that's fantastic. Okay, okay sir. Thank you. Ianonthepoog.com. Go check out Ian's work. Viewing audience. Hope you enjoyed this, guys and gals. Being, okay. Uh, I better stop there with my gender. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Ways. Before we become politically incorrect, I will be back yeah, on the I other side. Okay. okay. Thank you, man. See ya. Fighting the Great Reset by leading the Great Great Resistance. Maverick News. The antivirus programs for your mind.
Feel the vibrations. Our quest continues. The truth is out there. Okay, let's go to the White House briefing from today. And uh, here's an exchange about Biden kind of hiding, hiding Biden, not doing interviews with the mainstream media. While Tucker Carlson is interviewing Vladimir Putin, Joe Biden is hiding. And uh, his press secretary had some splaining to do today. Here she is. Yeah. Um, stay tuned. Sounds like Korean for no. Um, Wait, say that one more time. Stay tuned. Sounds like Korean for no. So uh, you said Korean for no? Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow, a translation. Is there, is there any question? I mean, the president seemed pretty explicit, and I, I asked this in addition to the context of Friday, where he'll be hosting the German Chancellor, and it doesn't appear like there's a press conference on the schedule. That's another one of these foreign leader um, visits and skipped a Super Bowl ad or a Super Bowl interview. So it, it just seems, again, like we're in one of these instances where the president is not communicating with the press. And I mean, look, seriously, stay tuned. <laughs> that is that is that is the, that is the answer for you. Uh, look, I mean, look, the president took questions yesterday to questions today. So I wouldn't say that he is not engaging with the press. I would not say that because um, uh, he does. And uh, when I have, if when we have more to share on later this week, what Thursday might look like, or, or Friday with the German Chancellor coming, certainly as it relates to um, the press component, certainly we will share that. It, it really, truly is. Stay tuned. Uh, I guess the criticism, and, and you look not only on engagements, which now the president tries his predecessor in terms of that, but interviews where it's you know half of most of his recent predecessors at this point in his, his term. Um, interviews where it's less than half it, it, can you kind of flesh out i mean there's no kind of denying this this strategy and what, what you're so look I, look i'm not going to stand here and deny the, the numbers i'm not that's not what i'm going to do here but i will say that the president one of the things that the president has been able to do is communicate in non-traditional ways that is true uh and he's done that in a way we have not seen other presidents do that is true, right? Whether it is podcasts, calling into radio programs more often, speaking to digital creators and, and uh, taping interviews in local, uh, local, uh, local news stations, that is something that he has done uh, in a more, I would say, regular way. Uh, and so look, we're, we're trying to do everything that we can uh, to, meet, uh, to meet Americans also where they are and try to do it a little bit differently. Uh, doesn't mean we're not going to sit down and do uh, interviews, right? Which doesn't mean we're not going to uh, sit down and do networks uh, interviews. We are going to do that. We've done them recently, whether it's David Muir, Muir or Fareed Zakari or Scott Pelley and many others. We have been able to have some of those sit down interviews and we'll certainly 
uh, continue to do that when we feel the time is right. But the other hand of this too is we have found um, some non-traditional ways as well to communicate with the American people. Okay. Just to follow up on that, anything specifically on why you're not doing the Super Bowl interview? I mean, that's a massive audience in an election year of people who may not be tuned into this White House or this election at this moment. So look, as you know, Super Bowl is a great annual tradition. Uh, and uh, the president certainly, President Biden, looks forward to, uh, uh, to watching the game this Sunday, just like millions of, as you just stated, just like millions of Americans are going, are going to be doing that. Uh, and look, you know, we hope that the viewers uh, who tuned in, uh, you know, we know that the viewers who tuned in, they probably tune in to watch the game, right? And so uh, obviously, uh, you know, that is, uh, um, that is just a fact. They want to see the game. They want to see their favorite team. They want to see a halftime show. Uh, that is what the super, it's that type of tradition. The president will find many other ways to communicate with Americans. Uh, the millions of Americans out there, and we will uh, find those ways to do it uh, where we think the time is right. Also, in February of last year, the president had his annual physical. Um, is he going to have it this February? Is that scheduled? Uh, I don't have a timeline on it. Obviously, he is going to have his annual physical. When we have more to share, we certainly will do that. Go ahead, Gabe. And it is needed because he has trouble. Hang on a second here. Yeah, so he needs to have that physical because look at this. He needs to have a mental, not a physical. <laughs> because look at this, look at this, look at this. Let me get it up for you. Is this guy fit to be president? Seriously, check this out. There is some movement. And I don't want to, I don't want to. He's talking about Hamas. I'll maybe choose my Hamas words. Just... There's some movement. There's been a response from the, uh, the, the, there's been a response from the opposition. But um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas. But it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. No wonder Putin is winning the information war. Uh, he, Biden can't string two thoughts together. And, and the media is helping him. When he refers to the opposition, he means Hamas. And then the reporter says, no, you mean, you mean Hamas. And they're like, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, 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 right. This is the guy who's got his finger on the button. And no wonder he's hiding from the media. And that is the truth. The other truth is that Justin Trudeau, his office was actually responsible for inviting Yaroslav Hunka, the uh, Nazi, not just to parliament, but to um, a reception. So this after 
Trudeau threw the Speaker of the House under the bus as being the person responsible for inviting Yaroslav Hunka to Parliament. But now it has come out that indeed it was the PMO's office itself that invited Yaroslav Hunka to a reception. And that became the focus of this exchange today in the House of Commons during question period between Trudeau and Conservative Party leader Pierre Polyev. And let's let it roll. Here's the exchange. Again, I'm going to ask all members, please, to uh, restrain themselves as they can listen to the questions and to the answers. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. He's hiked the cost. He's hiked the crime. He's not worth the cost. He's not worth the crime after eight years. He's also not worth the hypocrisy. Mr. Speaker, the Prime Minister has been claiming for months that he had no involvement in or knowledge of the invitation of a former Nazi soldier to the visit of the Ukrainian president. Now we know that he personally invited that same individual. He actually said the opposite. And he said that the former Speaker had to resign over doing the exact same thing. So will he hold himself to the very same standard and admit that he's not fit for office? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. The attacks that the Leader of the Opposition is choosing to make against the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress demonstrates the extent to which this Conservative Party no longer stands with Ukraine. They have an opportunity in just a few minutes, Mr. Speaker, to stand and vote in favour of a free trade deal that Volodymyr Zelensky himself is asking this House to pass, and he is choosing to not stand with Ukraine, not stand with Ukrainians and not stand with Ukrainian Canadians. Why are they abandoning Ukraine? Hello. Order. The Honourable Member for Belle Chambly. Yesterday, the Bloc Québécois tabled its bill to remove the religious exemption. Enough. That was the exchange. So there's Trudeau deflecting again, making the issue about the war in Ukraine rather than his own actions. And I am on record here from the very beginning saying that Trudeau should have and still needs to accept full responsibility for what happened in Parliament, for allowing that incident to occur in Parliament, for allowing the Nazi to appear in Parliament, Trudeau has to accept full responsibility. It is unacceptable for him to lay the blame on the Speaker. He's, in effect, really laid the blame on all Canadians. And if you listen to his previous speeches, that's exactly what he's done. And that is absolutely unacceptable. Stay with me, folks. I'll be right back on the other side of this.
Maverick News. The world is watching. The New World Order Government Overreach The Great Reset Mainstream Media Lies Now more than ever Independent voices are needed Donate now at FreedomReporters.com That's FreedomReporters.com Maverick News The Antivirus Program For Your Mind Okay, folks, so I think it's about time to go to the phones. I think we're there. So let me uh, get this thing fired up. They're not cranked up yet. Give it about uh, 60 seconds or so, but here's the number to call. Join the conversation. Call 1-833-975-3733. That's 1-833-975-FREE. Speak up. Speak out. Make your voice heard. Maverick News. Fighting for freedom by defending your right to free speech. Be a Maverick. Join us. Okay, so the phone lines are fired up, and you can call in and join the conversation at 1-833-975-3733. That's 1-833-975-3733. I'll be back after this, and I look forward to taking your calls tonight. The sharing of biased and false news has become, become all too common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media In an ocean of lies a century deep, the truth awaits. Choose not the red pill. Choose not the blue pill. For both are an illusion. Discover the power of M. The power of individuality. We are mavericks. We are the way to the light. Fear not the storm. Join our quest for truth. Truth will set you free. Maverick News. The world is watching. 
and I am back. And yes, you can support the show by donating at maverickdonations.com or at freedomreporters.com. You can also donate through the Rumble Rants on Rumble. Certainly appreciate the support. Helps us fund the operation, keep everything online here. With a donation of $60 or more, I will send you a Maverick News shirt with this embroidered Maverick News logo on it, emblem. Um, just tell me what size you need. They're available in black only. Uh, also, we have hoodies. $60 donation or more, and I can send you a hoodie. With a donation of $30 or more, I can send you a t-shirt. So thank you again to all those who have supported the program, and thank you to those of you who will in the future. I hope that you will continue to support us in the future. We need your help uh, so that we can maintain our independence and try to get you closer to the truth. Okay, so the number to call is 1-833-975-3733. And let's just see. I think we do have a call or two in the queue. Let's go to our first caller of the night. Hello. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hi, Rick. Hey there. Is this, How's it going? Is this Sue? Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. Welcome back. Uh, listen. Trudeau might have invited that Nazi dude into the parliament, mm -hmm. but every one of them stood up and clapped. Yeah. And if you watch the Speaker of the House announcing him, he paused. Mm -hmm. uh, once he was reading further down, he noticed what was there. Yeah. And yeah. probably crap in his pants because he had to finish reading it. So yeah. he got blamed for something Trudeau did. Gee, sounds familiar. Yeah, he Trudeau let the guy take the fall, threw him uh, under the bus. Yeah. Um, I'm getting feedback. Can you turn your computer down? Maybe I'm not sure why we're getting the echo. It's down. Is it? That's weird. It is down. Could be my phone. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, yeah. so they all clap like seals. Mm -hmm. So they're all to blame. I don't care who they are. Well, I, I would say this though, and this is this is I think realistic. My my guess is, and that's not a guess. There's no way they all knew what was coming, who was there. Um, you could sit there and say that you know it's their responsibility to know every guest that's coming through, but um, I'm certain that they probably didn't read the guest list, and there was some degree of laziness. So as the guy was introduced, well, they had to put some two together on the fly. Not only that, after it was all read, they yeah. all knew what he said, yeah. and they still clapped. Even Melissa Lanceman, who's a mm -hmm. Jewish. So what would you like to? Person. What would you like to have? What would you like to have happen? Uh, he needs to come out himself. Mm -hmm. Stop putting people under the damn bus and take accountability for what you've done. Which is what everything. I said too. Yeah, I agree. All the scandals, every scandal you've been involved in. Yeah. yeah. Take accountability for it. Right. That's right. what a leader does. That's what they're supposed to do, but he doesn't do it. Right. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, he should be charged. 
charged. Charged with what? Sorry. Whatever he's done, every scandal he's got involved in. Look at the Lucky scandal with the Nova Scotia thing. Right. The shooting. Mm -hmm. He's not supposed to put his face into the police. Mm -hmm. And I kind of have a feeling he had his nose in with the convoy, too. Oh, no doubt. Just yeah. got a gut feeling. Gut yeah. feeling. But that's my opinion. Yeah, no, his, 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 his influence was absolutely there line. during all of those things. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. your nose is supposed to be biased and out of everything. And just to clarify, I think not. what you really meant was with Brenda Lucky. He, he, you're talking, or I don't know if it's not the Nova Scotia shooting thing that was the scandal. It was the SNC Lavalin thing. Is that what you were really that's referring it. to? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The Lavalin scandal. Jody Wilson Raybould. But he Jody was involved in all that too. Yes. And she had to leave. Yeah. He fired her. Now the speaker leaves. Yeah. Now the Emergencies Act has been declared not valid. Can't they I mean, I mean the, the use of it was declared um, unconstitutional. Yeah. It was used in an unconstitutional way. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Lamadi's gone. Mm-hmm. He resigned. What's that? Yeah. What's that? Another one you throw under the bus? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't. Like, there's too many coincidences. Well, too many. Too many scandals. Because Lametti didn't Lametti didn't Lametti make a statement back when that thing was being enacted that it was done lawfully. The Emergencies Act. I'd have to review that. I thought there that. was a video. Yeah. I don't remember him saying but, that. <laughs> but I don't trust they, any just of them. just before he resigned, he said he was still confident that they had used it in a proper manner. But the court ruling suggests otherwise, and I think the court ruling yeah. was correct. Yes, I do too, mm-hmm. and I think there should be consequences for that too. Yeah, uh, I I agree, and I think the consequence really should be that he should resign. Yep. Immediately. Like I said, lawsuits, I mean, people can file lawsuits, but who pays in the long run? We do. Yep. Plain and simple. Yeah. Because you can't sue him personally. I don't know if you can, but. Sure, you could. You could. Sure, you could. You could. Civil lawsuit. Mm Mm-hmm. If there's a legitimate lawsuit, you can sue a politician. I'd like to see can. him standing in a bread line. Yeah. Not likely to happen. Him and not the rest of them. No, not likely. But there's just too much coincidences. There's too much. And it's hurting a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. Yeah, well, I've said many but, times, I think he's the worst prime minister in Canadian history. He's him and his father. People. Yeah. Most of this started with his dad and he's kind of trying to finish the job. He said he was going to finish the job. Mm-hmm. Trudeau said that in the statement. He was going to finish the job that yep. his father started. Yep. So, no. But no, as far as I'm concerned, they all need to be investigated. Well, that's yeah. just my opinion. Yeah, I understand. There's a lot of discontent. But, and, anyway, um, like, but by the time there's an election coming up, this probably this year. Well, I hope so. But 
I don't think Pierre Polyev is going to save us either. Yeah. I think he's going to follow suit. Yeah. Might take him a year or so, but he's going to do the same thing. Well, only time will tell. And I'll tell you this, tomorrow, you this, tomorrow. you're going to want to tune in because I have something that might be right up your alley then. I have uh, a whole feature interview with someone who's going to tell us all about a brand new federal political party. So okay. you are going to want to tune in for that. Good. Yeah. And we need that, something different. We can't keep voting these idiots because of block. What the hell are they doing in parliament? Yeah, Aren't they separatists? They are. Doesn't make sense in a way, does it? No. And I mean, the Green Party, they might just well fold it up and go home. Yeah. It does show every time that our, system, old our system is built in such a way that there's a high level of tolerance, even for a political party that wants to literally rip the country apart. Rip the country apart. Yeah. So, like, there's no putting it together. None of them have any option of putting it together. Pierre Polyev goes off on his little spiel, but he's all in on it. Well, he's yeah. not. If he had anything to say, he should say it now. That would make people go after him even more to vote for him. But he keeps his lips shut. And I don't care who's standing behind him. If you're any kind of a person in parliament, speak the truth. When you say the truth. When you say he keeps his lips shut, you mean you're talking about specific issues that he is not yeah, addressing? Immigration, yeah. all the crime that's going on. He keeps blabbering on about the cars being stolen. Yeah. Shit, that's been going on yeah. for years. Yeah. That's, that's why, nothing new. That's why you're going to want to tune in tomorrow night. Okay, I will. All right, cool. Thank but you. But anyway, so. that was my little rant for the day. Okay. I Appreciate just get tired that. of listening to that fool try to open his mouth. Yeah. I, Him and bobblehead. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on to the next caller. Thank you, Sue. Look forward to your next right, call. Right. See you tomorrow night. All right. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. And who do we have on the line next here? Go ahead. You're on the air. Hello. Are you there? Hello. The line is active. Someone is Hello. out there. There you are. Who, who am I speaking Hello. to? Hello. Hello. Hi. Who's this? There's someone speaking double speak. Ooh. Hello. 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 <laughs> Hello. Okay. Hello. Yeah, I am here and you're there. So go ahead. You might want to turn your computer down because that's why you're hearing the echo. I think. If you turn your computer down and just talk on your phone, then the problem should be solved. Have we got you? Go ahead. Hello. Hello, go ahead. Hello, there's double speak. Hello. Okay, well, we can't continue with this. We've got a technical problem. So. Hello. <laughs> Hello. 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 Go ahead. Just talk. What do you want to say? Hello. 
Okay, well we can't we can't continue with this. I'm sorry, folks. Hello. I I Hello. Hello. I'm very sorry, but we, we gotta drop out of this if you're not gonna be able to connect properly. Hello. Oh my goodness, this is ridiculous. Yes, it is, isn't it? <laughs> let's uh let's just uh, very technically. Very technical problems right now. It Hello. Is. It's very complicated. Hello. Hello. Okay. So it's like back, back to the queue with that caller. I'm going to take a break and try to cleanse my brain. And I'll be back after this. Let's say hello to John. Hey, John, how are you tonight? What's going on, man? Hello. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, I I think she was playing with you, pulling your wire. You think so? But anyways, I don't know. <laughs> Sounded like it. Could be. She was she was coming in clear. She was. And uh, she heard you a few times. <laughs> That's okay. Anyhow, move on. Um, th this Tucker Carlson, yeah, yeah. Is, uh, you know what I want to hear is what Putin says. Yep. I uh, like Tucker. Okay, but I want to hear what Putin says. That's what I want to hear. If he's interviewing Putin, yeah. You know, Putin always says the. What does he always say? The West is the West Empire is always full of lies. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's an empire of lies. It's built a it's an empire empire of lies. Of lies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but mm -hmm. that should be interesting. I, the, the interview hasn't taken place yet. I've been looking for it. I can't find it. Yeah, it's not out there yet. No, eh? I didn't think so. Nope. Russia probably censors it. <laughs> <laughs> or do you have to review it before it goes out? Yeah. And uh, do you think that they have uh, more free speech in Russia or here today? Uh, you know, I I I really don't know. I that's I don't know the Russian too much, but I do know their economy is a lot better. Uh, the pre the president seemed to be cooler. He's you know more of a likable than any president. As long as Biden. long as you don't cross him, he uh, he has a tendency to. Oh, um... uh... <laughs> so you think? Yeah. You think they're afraid of him? 
Um, I wouldn't want to be on his bad side. I'll put it that way. He has put uh, at least two American journalists in jail since the start of the Ukraine war. Um, I don't know in the United States how many journalists have been imprisoned, if any. But that's two on the on the Russian side. Legitimate, I don't know. You know, were they actual spies or whatever? I haven't. I'm not. I don't have enough information to know if what Russia did was proper or not. But two in jail. Um, I know that. You know, there are certain rules over there. So, for instance, you're not allowed as a journalist to show buildings that have been bombed in in the war. You're not supposed to show that. There is footage that gets out all the time, but you're not really supposed to show damage on the Russian side. So it's, again, the first casualty of war is truth. People are not aware of that kind of censorship. They do have, you know, censorship in place over there, too. And over here, we have unprecedented levels of censorship right now here in the West. So, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, but the, I don't know, like. Scott Ritter was there. Yeah. He met him. And he also met uh, Steven Seagal. Yeah. And, and they gave him, they gave Ritter all these gifts, nice gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Ritter, Ritter was talking about the gifts he got. And uh, the, the, they treated him with, you know, dignity. And he likes Russia, he says. Well, Ritter that much is very he clear. Russia. He certainly does. He's, he's very, very happy over there. Yeah, and that's what—that's why he's also accused of, you know, having a bias toward Russia, or maybe even being paid by Russia, which he denies. But repeated accusations of that with Scott Ritter, he certainly takes a pro-Russia stance, and and so on when when he speaks. I I certainly tune into that um i think back to the predictions he's made and how accurate he's been i just you know you can you can look at scott ritter either way you know he's been on our show many times i like scott uh but i understand the accusations against him i understand the accusations against tucker carlson um i can see why but I also support free speech. I support what, you know, their right to conduct themselves the way they choose to conduct themselves. I wouldn't say Scott Ritter is a journalist. He's an analyst, a pundit, a military expert. He's not bound by the same code of ethics that I am as a journalist. He, he, he's an influencer. He's there to influence people. Um, as a social media influencer, whether he's doing it in a completely unbiased or impartial way, people will have to assess for themselves. But, you know, as a journalist, I'm always trying to look at all sides, right? Did they ask Tucker why he wanted to go to Russia? Did who ask? The mainstream media uh, the, or whatever? The media, uh, yeah. What would you say if they asked you, why do you want to go to Russia to interview Putin? I'd give probably a very similar answer to what Tucker Carlson gave. I'm a journalist. It's my job. So it's an opportunity to interview. Yeah, it's an opportunity to interview a world leader uh, in in a pivotal time in history. I would 
absolutely go to interview Vladimir Putin. And I'm sure that if I went, I would be facing the same sorts of accusations. He's just a Putin stooge. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd say, fuck you, because I can. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I don't know. You know the the, the, the key for There's the key another... for the key for me, John, is that when the when I watch the interview, I'm going to be looking very carefully at the questions and comments that Tucker Carlson makes. In his words, I think we will get pretty. Uh, you know, we we should get some real clues as to whether he's acting in good. Well, he faith. tells the truth all the time. It seems like that's why he gets in trouble. Through Tucker. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, don't tell That's the why truth. He gets in trouble. Days. He tells the truth. <laughs> That's why he got fired from Fox, telling the truth. Yeah. So so I don't think he's gonna lie to us, but I'm I'm really interested in what Putin's got to say. I really you know, that that's the guy I wanna hear so bad. Mm-hmm. Putin. There's well, there's another guy there. He should interview the other guy too who's who's running against Putin. There's an election coming up coming up in Russia, eh? Yeah. And he's only he's only got one guy got the balls to go against him. Yeah. And the guy's he's I don't know he's against what war he's against war that guy. I, um, I don't think I, I don't think he stands a chance. <laughs> you know I'm, the guy I'm talking about eh? the it's old guy. Uh, Alexei Anatolovich. Yeah. Um, That's him. Yeah. And he's, going, he's running against Putin, and and then there's the other guy, Alexei Navalny. He's the jailed opposition leader. Oh, there's a couple. I thought there was only one. That's what I seen. Yeah, um, huh? I I I can't say that I'm really up to speed on a lot. Of, you know, the internal politics in Russia. I just know that. Um, I just know that the chances of somebody defeating Putin in the next election are slim to none, which, which to me would say that, you know, I can understand why some people might question the legitimacy of elections over there too, but I, I don't know. It's, I suppose they're as legitimate as anything we have over here. And I'll tell you when they had the vote um, in, uh, in the Donbass to determine if people there wanted to be part of Russia or part of Ukraine, I think those were pretty legitimate. That was a legitimate vote. I think that was true from everything that I saw going on. I can't, even though there were accusations that that vote was just a a, a sham, but I don't think so. I think it was very yeah, legitimate. I don't know. See, see what happened today, uh, Trump. He got he got uh, McConnell, whatever that other idiot is, McConnell, McConnell, mm-hmm. to stop the hundred and eighteen billion dollars going to Russia and uh, Russia, yep. Ukraine, yep, Israel, no Israel, Ukraine, and Ukraine. and the border, yeah, security. That's right. So the money is on hold now. That's right. That's what the I was money. talking about earlier. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And. Um, like, I don't know why we keep saying that that money they're sending 50 billion to Ukraine just to run the government because mm-hmm. they, they have no money to run the government. 
Yeah, that's right. It's not for not for weapons. They don't have any weapons. To send up there. <laughs> They've already sent all their old junk. Everybody <laughs> sent them right. all their old junk. Yeah. And and was it you who was saying tonight that Biden wants to send? I don't know. That's not. That's probably not true. No, no. It was. Oh, it was that other snake in. Uh, they used to hang out with Pelosi. That other snake there. Schumer. Uh, get it? Huh? She, yeah, yeah. Schumer. Schumer. That's the guy. Yeah. He says if we don't get that money over to Ukraine, I'm gonna send our military over there to fight against Russia. <laughs> Did you hear that one? <laughs> no, I didn't hear that today. <laughs> oh yeah, that was Schumer. What a character that guy is. Is that's gonna happen, eh? <laughs> I tell you, man, those people are know. they need they need their head checked, all of them. Not just Biden. I think yeah. all of them need their head checked. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, when you're sixty five, mandatory retire. That's it. Forget it. You're too old. You're not sharp anymore. Like Trump's too old, man. I, I like Trump, okay, but He's too old, man. Put in the pasture, man. Go, go enjoy the golf course and have a good life. He's going to get killed, man. You know, somebody's going to take him out. I can see it. There's too many people that hate the guy. So, so bad. Look, look at today. They're they're charging him for again for another charge for that that riot he started. Done. Uh, you know. And you, you mean that he's no longer he's immune to, to prosecution on the J6 charges? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the one. Like, like, come on, man. Uh, okay, Joe. You sound like no. you sound just like Joe Biden. You got another guy on hold? Nope. No, you keep going. I do have a guy on hold, but that's the person who keeps saying hello. So I'm not. I'm not inclined to. <laughs> not inclined to go through that again. But. They're probably still saying a lot. No, but I don't know. We get, you know, I've come to a conclusion, Rick. When you have a lot of money, everything's rigged. Like the Super Bowl, massive amount of money. It's rigged. The, the politics. Massive thieving, massive corruption. It's it's rigged. Uh, stock market, massive money, massive corruption. It's rigged. The more money you have, the more corrupt you are. I'm telling you right now. That's money is the root to all evil or corruption, whatever they call it. But so I don't trust anybody anymore. I, I'm sick and tired of politics, and I, they should just take everybody out and say, "That's it." <laughs> Figure out a new way to 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 run the country, run the world. It's just, uh, I don't know. But I do. I, I think Polyev will do something good. I don't know. I got I got this gut feeling that he's going to do something good, but he won't be as bad as Trudeau. That's for sure. Trudeau's just, uh, man, if I was him right now, <laughs> I would have retired a long time. I would have stepped down, and I, I would get somebody else in there mm -hmm. to to run in his spot 
until the next election so people can see this person and say, you know what? This guy's way better than Trudeau. Maybe I'll vote liberal again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the only way they're going to win again because Trudeau's in there till 2025. It's not going to fly. He's out of there. The only way you're going to beat Polyev is you got to find someone in there to take Trudeau's place until he calls an election in September or next year or whatever. So just a temporary person, and he's got to be good. Not not that bubblehead that he's got next to her or anybody else, you know. He needs somebody that shines and people will, you know, like. That's And it's hard to find in the liberal government. I guess, I guess <laughs> it's the government that's, I don't know, exactly, John. The whole system has got to be <laughs> something. Yeah, it's it, it's um it's it it's it's a uh, corrupt. <clears throat> I, you know, you you do your journalism, I do mine, and you know, I for the last couple of days I've been trying to figure out if the Super Bowl is rigged. <laughs> and, and you know what, Rick, they last week when the two teams were decided. A lot of money went into San Francisco, and that was all the big money, all the heavies, okay? These are all the heavies putting a pile of money on San Francisco. It made them the favorite. Now, all the money, it's the small people betting now. People like you and me, and they're all betting Kansas City because they don't know nothing about San Francisco. Purdy, the quarterback, and... All they know is this quarterback they got for KC and Swift. All the money. There's large money, but the odds are not changing. I'm looking at the odds. You can tell it's rigged, Rick. They want you to bet KC because San Fran's going to win and KC's going to lose. Everybody that bet KC is going to lose. That's a lot of money. But that's that's the way I see it because I've been doing – my my take on it, you know, I I like investigating on stuff, you know. <laughs> That's what I do, investigate and. Uh, well, that would be so, highly <laughs> highly illegal. Oh yeah, come on, no, no, it's not illegal. Come on, <laughs> there's nothing illegal being done. Come on, Rick, nothing's illegal. Come on, it's it's like. <laughs> Everything, everything that's, that, you, that that you talk about is illegal. That's <laughs> going on. If you really boil down, if you really look deep in everything, the corruption, it's all illegal. But we we can't prove it. We can't prove it. That's the problem. You know. But I'm saying to myself, all it takes is one guy to open up the can of worms. Uh-huh. Like say you got someone that works with Trudeau. Sidekick knows ever knows him inside out knows everything he does, and writes a book, spills the beans. People still won't believe it, <laughs> but that's the truth. But I guess you can't do that. Eh? That's, you, have, you have to swear. That is the challenge today. Even if you have the truth and you share it, yeah, you could write a book. Yeah. You could be online doing what I'm doing. I could sit here and tell you the truth, but. It doesn't matter what truth you bring. All it takes is for someone to 
sow a seed of doubt and people will doubt it. And then if they doubt it, you, it, it, you get spinoff stories. It, it proliferates into other information and pretty soon you can't find your way back to the truth. You just look at the JFK story with the assassination. How are we ever going to get to the, it won't matter at this point, what information ever comes out. It won't matter. There's so much doubt surrounding all of it. And there are so many different stories. It will never know which one is true. I don't think. I I think there was more than one guy. See, here we go. Right. Like I don't, I, I have my own take on it, but even that, like I can sit here and tell people <laughs> and people go, oh yeah, that's the, we, it's solved. Like, right. No, I, it doesn't matter what I say. There are people out there who would have a hundred different theories now. Right. So that, that I think is the masterful um, use of disinformation is to simply just cast doubt on something and then you'll never find your way to the truth that's exactly what the the real killers the real people responsible for the assassination want just shroud it in doubt and you'll never get caught yeah it's like last night i was listening to another you weren't on last night i was, I was listening to another talk show traitor you know the guy said about you're guilty uh, of under internet yeah. treason <laughs> you are done, man. So I was watching another show, and the, you know what he said about uh, Prince Charles? He's he's faking the cancer because there's going to be a story coming out on him that he's associated with Epstein when oh. he was on the island. Of course. There you go, see? Yep. There you go. But I, I think he was. There you go, you, see? You, how do we now we're never going to know if one if he really has cancer and two if he was ever on the island or if any of this is true there you go you think he was on the island you got no proof right i have no i don't know like i have no way of knowing anything nor does anybody else he was a young he was a young stud before dinah look at him Uh, he (laughs) was screwing everybody before dinah come on right so I think so, he was. Uh, I, his name. And, I don't think his name. The other guy that, his name never came up on any in any of the documents released so far. Has no, it? but no. It, because it's being protected. He's 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 really high up in the world, you know. Well, he is that. <laughs> he's not like that Andrew guy, <laughs> Andrew, whatever his name is, <laughs> Prince Andrew. There's a guy who's in hot water. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that guy he's. He's a he's a schmuck. He's a nobody. But this guy here, he's well protected, man. He he's he's right up on the world. He, you're not going to hear about him. It's, well, he's the king. Like, you know, it doesn't get much he's, higher well, he, than the king of it's. Well, right now know. he's the king, but back then he was prince. He was uh, prince. Yeah, yeah prince. With, and uh, destined for the throne. He probably hung out with. Prince Andrew and they, they probably went together. Who knows? <laughs> I, but that's what that's what this guy is claiming. That's that's why this is coming out now because it's probably going to come out that he was on the island with, and so with this, who knows? Yeah, I don't think that there is any uh, thing linking Prince or King Charles now to Epstein. Well, Charles hates 
And but, the, yeah, I don't think no, that there's any evidence to suggest support that at all that I've seen. I'm not aware of any. So I don't I don't think he was ever on the island or even on Epstein's plane as the king or the prince. Well, he, didn't, he didn't even know Epstein. Did he know Epstein? Don't know. Probably not. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Well, if I I if could say yes, guy. then people would, you know, watch the show. <laughs> get a lot more ratings, more clicks. But I, I, I can't do More clicks, that. eh? Yeah. I can't yeah. say. Don't know, John. Look, look, at, look at your ratings. Your ratings gone up to 120 people more since I've been on here. I think it's the... Uh, RCMP oh. listening in now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, you're, you're over on the what the YouTube the one YouTube channel you're on. Yeah, that's why you see that. We have a lot I'm, more. I'm just kidding. No, yeah, I'm, I'm, more I'm on Rumble. Rumble. I'm on Rumble. Are you? Oh, yeah. 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 No, it's yeah. this AI. You know, AI right now is it scans the internet, and when it hears a certain word, mm -hmm. it, it starts starts coming in and listening to you. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what that does. Eh? The technology they have is amazing. Just... Yep. It is. So as soon as they hear the king. Oh, oh, the king Charles. Okay. What is he talking about him for? Oh, my God. That's I have proof. no proof, guys. Yeah. I'm just listening to what other people are saying. <laughs> so. Well. Yeah. It's, anyway. it's, uh. Okay, Rick. All right, thank you, John. Gonna, oh. It's almost nine o'clock. I gotta take out the garbage and uh, and uh, <laughs> see what happens. Well, th that sounds very exciting, and you let us know by calling in the t tomorrow what happens <laughs> with your uh, garbage. Uh, <laughs> also, I, I I called my I called my friend on the reserve. Eh? Yeah. Uh, was it yesterday? Or the day before? I says, "Hey, you got any snow up there?" He goes, we don't like snow here. I said, why? We don't like nobody white here. <laughs> we don't like nothing white here, he said. <laughs> oh, okay. <like> nothing white. <laughs> and you're asking me to move there? <laughs> what, are you trying to get me killed? <laughs> he wants me to move there. I swear to God. He, uh, he, he, so bad he wants me to move there, you know? He says, I can get you in the band office and... You become a member, and we got a place for you already. Well, well. <laughs> I said You're I'd in. love to move there, but I, I, I never, you know, I, I don't know. It's too far from anything, Rick. If you move there, like to go to the beer store, you need a car because there's no beer store on the reserve, and this is a big reserve, man. It's massive, and you, so. You know, he hitchhikes. <laughs> he doesn't have a car. Uh, he doesn't have much money up there, obviously. And I, I feel bad. He, he, he doesn't even have a furnace. <laughs> His house is one of the first ones built on the reserve. <laughs> oh. And uh, he's got he's got a wood stove in the basement that he puts wood in the stove that heats up the house kind of in the wintertime. But oh, yeah, yeah. He's got no, he's got no, uh, no furnace, no oil. No heating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's got electricity, <laughs> telephone coming in there. That's it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, sir. It's, uh, we'll we'll move on. I've got Isabel on the line, so I better. I better okay, Rick. Have a Thank, good evening. Thanks, Bye. John. See you. Good luck with your garbage.
but okay here's isabel how are you tonight i'm fine hello 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 hello, hello. <laughs> i think it's because i don't know either her computer or her tv or she had her phone going at the same time uh, it was entertaining or she just was a pain a yeah, it was entertaining <laughs> for a minute Everybody online's like, hello, 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 <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> so uh, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, what are you thinking about all this? I'm really curious to see what Tucker has for us. And I, and I really think that old Sleepy Joe that talks to dead people um, <laughs> is going to be nervous. Yeah. I think that's what the whole thing is. He's going to be there. He's going to see the truth. And I think that's what the states are afraid of. They don't want the truth. Hmm. Right? They wouldn't make money with the truth, would they? Depends on how sensational I mean, it is, I guess. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, we, I look back. I mean, during World War II, we were allies with Russia. Yes, like, sort of. So, sort of. In an um, adversarial ally sort of way, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and we all know this whole thing between China and Russia and Ukraine and Palestine and all this, it's all propaganda. The whole schlamaz, like everybody's saying, it's like living in a movie. Mm. It really is like living in a movie. Because everything changes from day to day to day. It's always, they've been throwing shit at us for the last four years. <laughs> well, politics is, in many ways, theater, right? That's a big element of it. Mm -hmm. Optics, yep. you know, marketing, selling you a message, selling you ideas, ideology, selling you leaders, mm -hmm. right? So, of course, it's like living in a movie. Everything we saw happen down at the border in Texas over the weekend with the convoy, yeah. with, you know, the, the, the governors going down there. It's all political theater. Mm -hmm. All of was planned, choreographed, controlled, every aspect of that. That convoy started out as a thing. I'm telling you, that wasn't just organic. That was... Actually, they had trouble kickstarting it, and I'm pretty sure they made a bunch of phone calls to salvage that thing for the optics. They wanted, you know, a, a convoy or some, they, for whatever reason, somebody wanted that down there, and they made it happen. It yep. didn't, not as big as I think they wanted, but um, some political organization, group, whatever, that was all choreographed, mm -hmm. obviously. And then I just thought it got to the point yep. of absurdity when, when, Dr. Phil flew in on a helicopter, yeah. right? It was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, Dr. Phil's gone to the border? Then it was starting to get ridiculous, right? Uh, so it's yeah. all it's all theater. Yeah. It's real, but it's yeah. theater. It's a movie. It's Yeah, I, to me it was like, so what's he going to go down there and spew some psychology or something? Like, Dr. Phil? Yeah. Like really. 
Yeah, and he's I'm walking like, around oh, like they gave my God. they gave that guy special consideration. <laughs> the you know the uh, the border guards the, they're walking around with him. He's posing for photos with the, <laughs> the government officials, and I'm like, wait yeah. a minute, <laughs> Doctor Phil, like he's that important? And I guess he is because he yeah. has a big audience, and he does sort of cover issues and news. He's kind of a sort yeah. of a journalist kind of. But more, more than anything, he's an entertainer, which is why for me it was absurd. He is an entertainer. Yeah, he is an entertainer. And, and I found out uh, I don't watch his shows anymore. Um, I'm too glued to watching the podcasters, which because I don't watch the news anymore. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched the news in years. Um, I'm not about to play into the propaganda of the CBC. I never have. I've never liked the CBC. It was like such drone news. I mean, it was like, it really didn't, they'd up a couple of editions to keep your interest, but we all knew that they're only doing what they're getting paid to do. And I never did like the CBC, either their radio or their, their news program. Ever. So, so to you, it was a little too and dry, maybe a little too academic? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I found it was... Um, I don't know. My dad used to say, oh, that's the political news. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't that far off. Yeah. I mean, it, the news wasn't something we really watched. We'd watch the local news with my dad, but back then you only had maybe three channels. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't have a lot of choice. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm anxious to see what comes out of this with Tucker. Um. I mean, I, I just laugh from day to day. I see some of the characters that people are posting with Trudeau on a super cape riding a tampon. And I'm like, okay, that's a good one. Here comes Manpon. I'm like, really? <laughs> and then today they posted uh, Biden at one of his speeches, his last speech. He was talking to dead people. Yeah. And I'm... Um, I'm like, oh my god! Okay, you can't hide is this that, one. Is that new or is that something he was? Yeah, he, did he that was before. talking apparently to. <clears throat> he did yeah, that before. but this this one was uh, they caught it. Was it this weekend or the end of last week where he was talking to the prime minister? Is it the prime minister of France, president of France, um, who passed away in 1996? And he had mentioned right there when I was talking to him the other day, and I'm and the newscaster on like on uh, Fox, um, they put that little blurb on, and the guy said you were talking oh, to him the other day. Oh, well, aware. He said that he recently met with Francois Mitterrand, the former French president who died in 1996. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God! You see that? I'm glad you brought that up. See, there's a story I missed. And what a treat that is. I'm like, what? <laughs> There's a movie about that, but there was a kid that would talk to dead people, but now we got Biden doing it. Okay. Hilarious. <laughs> like, oh, man. Uh, Biden doing that, making that faux pas. Here we go. I've got the oh, clip. Yeah. Let me share this with you, folks. All right, let me see if I can get this up here. It's always a little more complicated when we have the phones fired up yeah um 
Let me see. So yeah, he's he he's referring to Francois Mitterrand, who died in 1996. <laughs> I recently met with. Where'd you go there, Joe? <laughs> no, not that one. There it is. Okay. So there's the story. Here's the clip. And let her rip. Hang on, did you, you guys get that? I think the internet cut out there for a moment. Let me. Yeah, cut out a little bit, but yeah. Here we I, go. He's running now. I'm like, wow. Could you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. It was kind of freezing up. He's totally lost it. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, scary to think that that yeah, guy's freezes up a bit, but he's in charge. Eh? Or supposedly in charge. Oh. I'm not buying it myself. It's very scary. I'd hate to think. Uh, I'd hate to think that um, he'd wake up in the middle of the night to run to the bathroom and step on the H-bomb button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, stumble and fall on it, right? <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but it's not funny. It is yeah, funny. Yeah, it's funny, but it's not funny. I mean, I watch him walking across the lawn sometimes, and I'm going, so you try, I try to mimic the way he walks, and I'm thinking, okay, if I walked like this, mm -hmm. oh, my God, I need to go sit down. Yeah. I tried that shuffle. And it's if you're shuffling like that, you're not all there. My mother had uh, dementia. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, she was living back in 1939. She yeah. couldn't remember yesterday, but she could remember 1939. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't do this. And that's exactly what he reminds me of. He's losing his speech. He's losing his train of thought. The language that he's speaking is definitely not English all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, holy moly. And he's running a country. 
That's well, scary. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Isabel, I've got them stacked up here. The clock's ticking, so we're going to move on to the next caller, okay? Yep. It's great talking to you. You have a great night. You too. Thanks for calling in. Talk to you again soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. And we have, I think, Monique up next. Go ahead, Monique. Are you there? Hello. Hi there. Hello. Hello. Hi. There's something going on. There's Hello. There's two voices. There's like your voice and then it's lagging badly. I see. Okay. Well. It, see, you're talking. You can see your lips are talking, but then you're not talking. Well, don't look at the screen. It's really bad. Yeah, don't look at the screen. You're Just, talking, but your lips aren't moving. It's, it's called mind Hello, control. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. You just go ahead and okay, say what you want to say. I can hear you. Good. Okay. <laughs> this is still ridiculous. Yeah, just go ahead and just say what you want to say, and then we'll move on to the other caller. But this will give you a chance to just say what you want. Don't worry okay. about the delay. Okay, do Don't you... even pay attention to me. You just talk. Okay, okay, okay. Here it goes. Okay, have you heard anything about the Coots boys yet? Are they out of jail? Sorry. Yeah, we talked about it at the beginning of the program. Two of them took a plea deal. They're out. The other two are still in jail, and... It remains to be seen what will happen with them. They're still in jail. How sure. about Tamara and and Chris Barber? Uh, they're still they're out, but they're dealing with, I believe, um, some level of um, appeal. So uh, they're they're still dealing oh. with some legal things. Because there's some. There's some lady on the line that I guess it's from. From, are you still there? Oh. That's, yes, I'm still here. Okay. All right, Monique, we're going to move on, okay? Because this phone, I've... this phone sister situation is, is not good. It's difficult to speak with you because of all the delays and things. That yes. Okay. Yes, I can't hear anything. Okay. okay I'll talk to you well, later. All right. Bye, Rick. See ya. All right. Who do we have up next? See ya. Bye. See ya. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. <laughs> Hello. Oh, my goodness. Oh. I can still hear that lady talking. Yeah. I, that's because she was still on the uh uh, in the system, but she's she's oh. fine now. It's okay. You go ahead. Oh wow, that's lots of feed. There was lots of feedback on that call. There was. Like you could really, yeah, you could really hear a lot of echoing. That's like you would talk, and I'd hear an echo, and she would talk, and I'd hear an echo. Yeah. Really weird. Well, you go ahead, Chris, and tell us what's. Sometimes. Going. Well, you know, all putting everything aside and all this laughter aside, um, I'm kind of disturbed tonight. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but, you know, we're seeing Biden, his, his, you know, he's deteriorating very quickly. Why they're letting him continue on, I, I think it's actually disgusting myself. Like, I, I, it's actually sad to see it, really. And Trudeau, you know, he just goes off on a tangent every time. He can't answer a straight question. He's getting angrier and angrier and angrier. 
And I think this is how I feel. I'm, I'm getting very disturbed at what I'm seeing now. Like, it's just, um, it's kind of getting overwhelming. Like, yeah, Trudeau, yeah, you invited that guy to that party. You know, you should have stepped down when he was in the house. Now that he's, uh, you know, he came to your party, I'm sorry, you need, he needs to be, he needs to step down or be forced out because I think this is absolutely disgrace for Canada. Absolutely. I'm, I'm absolutely disgusted. Yeah. I don't even know else, else to say. Yeah. You know, like, I just, I'm just picturing my dad rolling over him in his grave. You know, yeah. he fought in World War II and, you know, it's just um, for all the vets out there. I think this is just absolutely, I don't know, it's very disturbing. Um, I'm finding that more and more people, you know, there's a lot of good people out there. There's a lot of bad people out there, but people are getting angrier. Like you can definitely feel it in the air, no matter where you go. There's tensions everywhere. And I'm really concerned that there's going to be a big blow up of something. Something's going to happen sooner or later here. I don't know how much more Canadians can take of this. You know, like it's just one scandal after another, after another, after another. It's like, it's never ending. And I don't think he should get away with this Nazi one. Like, this is very serious as far as I'm concerned. Maybe, maybe you know, probably people are thinking, well, it wasn't a big deal. To me, it was a big deal. Yeah. You know? And, you know, and that's just, I, I don't know. I just, I'm getting very disturbed by what I'm seeing. More so on a daily basis. And yeah, it's, for it's stuff, something like that, Trudeau should have resigned. He still should. He should have said, no, that's my fault. My, it was on my watch. Yeah. I was, you know, responsible. And he should have taken the yeah. hit on that, uh, in my opinion. But he let the speaker do it. Yeah. Not not enough. Not enough. Yeah. Well, he, he threw the speaker under the bus is what he did. Yeah. You know, basically. And, I mean, he can't even give a straight answer like, Pierre just asked a simple question, like, are you going to follow what the speaker did? Yeah. And he went off about Ukraine. Well, oh my God, that, was, isn't, that wasn't even part of the question. Like, right. why are you going off about Ukraine? Like, he's always Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Personally, I'm getting fed up with it. Like, I don't, you know what? Go go over to Ukraine and live with your boyfriend. I don't care. But, you know, enough is enough. Like, when does it stop? Like, how many years is this? But three years of this nonsense or more? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. I've lost track, Rick. I don't even know where we are anymore. You know, it's just, it's just really disturbing. I just, uh, I, I don't know. I look at my grandkids and I think, oh, my Lord, what kind of world are we going to go? Are they going to grow up in if something doesn't change soon? It's scary. I really feel for them. Yeah. You I'm know? worried and about then it, I'm doing, too. And then I, yeah, and, you know, like, you don't have grandkids yet, but you may down the road, you know, like, it's just... Uh, it's scary. And even for your kids, even for my kids, even though they're older, you know, they still got a long life ahead of them. Yeah. And it's, it's really, it's really tragic. I mean, I, I see old people on a daily basis. I mean, not old people, but seniors on a daily basis when I go for coffee and that, and they're even getting to the point where they're actually, they're they're actually getting scared now. Like they're Mm -hmm. they're just, they've never seen anything like this. And we're talking people in their eighties. So, I mean, this is, if people aren't awake and aren't seeing this, then there's definitely something wrong with them. Because how can you not see what's going on? Because a lot of of people just don't pay attention. A lot of people just, 
don't look at the news. Huh. You know, they tend to be happier. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I suppose they're happier, but I mean, yeah. it's, uh, I mean, I don't follow the news constantly all the time either. I mean, we do have our happy moments too, but uh, it's just bad when you, you know, you hear all the conversations going on around you and none of them are, none of them are good. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, yep. it's, it's kind of, it kind of gets depressing after a while, but what I wanted to ask you, so what became of that border issue? So uh, is that like, is that closed off down there now? Or like, what, what was the ending to that? It's ongoing. It hasn't resolved. It's still a, uh, okay. You know, struggle between the states and the federal government, but I think that the um, the drama that came over the weekend was media generated. A lot of it from honestly, um, well, all media, including independent media, okay. uh, especially outlets like Infowars and um, some independents talking about the possibility of a civil war and things of that nature. And, you know, we, we covered a fair bit of it from that angle as yep. well, but in the end I was saying, I didn't think anything violent was going to happen. I didn't think that it was going to lead to a civil war this weekend or anything to that level. And uh, ultimately, right. I mean, not, nothing was resolved, but it was a, uh, a photo op. It was, um, a Dr. Phil moment. It was a media event yes. and it was designed for two reasons with several because the election is on. That's the main thing. So it set, right. set the stage for uh, this immigration issue to play out as one of the main issues of this election cycle. It also right. set the stage for this showdown over the over the funding for Ukraine which was highlighted earlier in this broadcast and was being dealt with today right, in Washington. It, um, you know, and it, uh, it also, I think just in a larger political sense feeds into a lot of the, uh, I think the efforts out there to just keep people engaged and fired up and, and even in some oh, cases okay. to, um, to, to, to donate to political parties or um, political groups or even online influencers, streamers. Everybody had their okay. own little agenda aside from that is what I'm saying. Different reasons for going down there. Oh, okay. You know, donate to me or oh. I'm going to go and tell you yeah. the truth. Or, you know. Yeah, it's just kind of weird because I never heard actually what happened. Like it was over and then that was it. Like It's so, not over. Like, obviously nothing got solved. The immigrants, the, the migrants are still coming through, obviously. I'm assuming. Yeah, less because they have the razor wire and the, the, the National Guard oh, right, is now yeah. kind of involved in a different way. So they've, they've apparently reduced the flow, but it's not over. Well, well, speaking of the National Guard, I think uh, Trudeau should be sending uh, some uh, enforcements down to uh, Halifax, Cape Britain, you know, those people are buried in snow. Oh, like, literally buried. Out there. Yeah, that's huge, right? I mean, I've, I've been talking to one person down there in Halifax, and they're, they're still digging out. Um, another lady put a video up of her sister that lives in Cape Britain, and her husband's in a wheelchair, so her husband can't help her. And 
she's trying to find her car. She hasn't even got out to her car yet. Yeah. Can't find her car. It's buried. Halifax had 87 centimeters of snow at the airport. So obviously planes weren't flying. And I kind of joked on that one. I said, yeah, because they probably couldn't find the plane. <laughs> but no, in all seriously, they, they, they need help down there. I mean, they're just, I mean, you know, you got all that weight of the snow on the rooftop. And then you have like maybe chimneys blocked off and stuff. It's it's actually a safety hazard in a lot of it, you know. Like yeah, it's really cool to see, but if these people can't get out and about, or they get you know pipes in their house, you know, like one they showed one apartment building, the weight the snow was so heavy that the people living on the ground floor their windows were smashing in and the snow was coming in. Wow. Like that, yeah. That's how much snow's down there. So I think one place got a hundred and. 15 centimeters or something out by Cape Britain. So I think Trudeau should be, uh, they should be sending the, uh, you know, our military down there to help out. <laughs> I really yeah. do at this point. Yeah, here I, don't, I, I don't know why he's not addressing that. Well, yeah, he did send a message to the uh, premier out there and said that the federal government is ready huh? to, uh, to help or whatever. But um, here's some photos. I can't even, I can't phantom that much snow. Just, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Lots of snow. I haven't seen snow like that. I don't know if I've yes. ever seen that much snow. You know, usually Newfoundland, out that area, will get quite a bit. But not more so in where they are. Like, like I guess New Brunswick didn't get really hit at all. It's more like it went up Halifax and then it went up to, I think uh, Prince Edward Island got quite a bit of snow from what mm -hmm. I heard. Yeah. Which is kind of how the storm, and it just, you know, it's just, I can't even phantom that kind of snow. Can you imagine having to shovel that if you didn't have a snowblower? Oh. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how do you even get out of your house if you open your door and the snow is right there? Do you bring the, you have You'd have to dig, you'd have to bring the snow in. You'd have to be digging and literally throwing it into your tub because, you, I mean, how can you get out to start digging? It's like I, I that's just that's crazy, crazy, insane. I, I feel sorry for those people down there. They'll be digging out for a long time. Well, you know, I can remember back in the 1970s. Anyways, that's my rant for the night. I can remember in the 1970s. Yeah. We have photos of uh, a few years we had snow that was so high. It was as high as the house and very similar to what you're looking at. In really? Years, yeah. When I was a kid, uh, I can remember years like that. I've, I've got wow. the, the snow in London, Ontario, um, as high as the house in the 1970s. So, wow. Yeah. That's insane. It was insane. That's, just, oh, yeah. that's crazy. They had to bring out the uh, oh. relief they had. Uh, was, I remember military vehicles that they called out to provide assistance to people. I remember the light armored vehicles driving down the roads wow. uh, during those storms uh, back then. And oh, I remember wow. walking to school crazy with the drifts higher than my head, you know? Well, not so much the wow. drift, but, you know, the side of the road, right? So the plows would go by and it was piled right. so high. Yeah. It oh, was yeah. way, way, way above your head. <laughs> You know, so. You know what I used to hate when I was a kid? So 
on my street, you go down and it kind of went around a little bit of a bend. So our house was kind of on the bend, right? So you'd go out and you'd shovel the snow and you can see the plows around all the other streets, right? So you figure, okay, I got time. You know, as soon as they get in your house and it's like, they wait, okay. As soon as they go in and the plow goes by and then you got to go and do your driveway again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God, I remember that as a kid. I used to get so angry. It's like, yeah. oh, you know, you could have come down while I was already out. But anyways, that's my rant for the night. I didn't, I'm not trying to upset anybody, but I think that we should all be really, I don't know, really, really concerned at this point because I don't things are escalating pretty quickly. What's going on in the true world? True enough. Yeah, true enough. Well, thank you very much, Chris, for the call tonight. Appreciate it. You, you have a good night, Rick. Talk to you later. You too. See you. Bye. Okay, we're going to pull out of that. And... Yeah, that'll do that. I just need to click a couple of buttons here, folks. Hang on just a sec. And that'll wrap it up for tonight. Appreciate you guys spending the time here with me as usual. It's been a great evening. I will be back tomorrow night, same time, same channel for a special broadcast. We have a special guest joining us. I don't want to spill all the beans, but there is a new political party starting in Canada. And we have the leader of that party who will be joining us tomorrow night here on Maverick News. So if you're fed up with the two-party system, three-party system, or four-party system, however you want to look at it, the uniparty system, uh, the five-party system. There might be an alternative out there for you. And, uh, and this party is being led by somebody who has some real credibility and I think some real support behind him. So he will represent a, a viable alternative, I think, for some people. Find out more tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern, right here on Maverick News. Love you guys. Catch you all tomorrow night on the flip side. This has been a Maverick Multimedia Productions.